One, two, one, two. Yo, check this out. It's the jump for right now. I want everybody to put your rope down. Put your guns down. Every point to the pit. The gravel pit. Leave your problems at home. Leave your children at home. Before taking back underground. I be Bobby Bowden. By your back in a chip. Let's build. We want to talk about skill. I spit like a semi-automatic to the grill. Elbow grease and elbow boom. Baby, play me. Baby, fall down. Go boom. Party people gather round. Count down to apocalypse. I'm the kid with the golden arms. And I'm the motherfucking hot nicks. Pass the blunt. My nigga, don't front. You had it for a minute, but it seemed like a month. Now I'm choking, smoking, hoping I don't croak in from overdosing. Dosing. Hey, kid. When the map got you open, hope let's ride. Can't stand niggas that floss too much. Can't stand Bentleys, they cost too much. Kid wanna get up, then can't get touched. Kid wanna stick up, then can't get stuck. I'm the one that calls you bluff when your boy's trying to act tough. Remember what old Dirty said. I'll fuck your ass up. Ladies and gents. Back at it again, baby. Down in the studio. <laughs> me and Marty. <laughs> oh, baby. Woo! The bingo hall bonanzas begins. Oh, baby. <laughs> Get oh. that picture frame. Yeah, you know, missed last week, and that's on me. I, you know, we were both busy, but boy. Yeah, last week at my actual job, <laughs> it got fucking wild. Yeah. You know? So, anyways, happy to be back. Uh, yeah, happy to be back. I mean, you know, a, a, a week off here and there. Two like, weeks Two weeks ain't even that bad. No, you know? it's <laughs> almost better pace considering <laughs> oh, the length. Yeah, when he gives, yeah, give him two full weeks to listen to a three-hour pod. Yeah. Like, we're not crime beat over here. <laughs> yeah. <All right>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh sure, man. Episode yeah. 49, baby. Yeah. We back. Episode 49, Enter the Woo. Here we go. Yeah, baby. a bit of a change on the music. <laughs> yeah, um, I we mean, are I, out of eighties November, eighties October, October, whatever I, it was. I was a little disappointed, um, but Matt and I settled on some pretty good tunes this week. I say that was that song growing up on much top thirty Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good! Heavy Great rotation. video. Head of its time. Yeah, big time. Heavy rotation, and like I rewatched the video actually today, and it's it's just ridiculous. Like it's, the, it's insane. There, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's this fantasy. They go back to the the Stone Age, John's neck of the woods. Yeah, <laughs> and they fuck all, all of the members of Wu Tang are for some reason. It's like sweltering hot, and they're all wearing fur coats. Yeah, <laughs> like Ghostface Killer, white head to toe, white fur coat, Gangs. white. Oh man, yeah, fucking great video. So uh, yeah, Wu Tang, great great switch. Uh, you know, eighties was fun. Time to move along. Give the people what they want. Didn't get all the 80s tunes in I wanted, but you know what? It was a good run. Yeah, maybe in season five, if we make it. (laughs) (laughs) If we make it. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, episode 49 of the BFB. Uh, We are going with episode 
Tremaine Edmonds mm. of the BFB, uh, linebacker for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Maine underscore Savage 23. <laughs> <laughs> He's brothers with Terrell, who plays safety for the Steelers. Uh, and brothers with Trey, who is currently a free agent running back who last played for the Steelers too uh, last season. Uh, 49 had a bit of options. Uh, Could have gone with Dennis Smith, an old safety, uh, played for the Broncos his entire career, four-time pro bowler. Uh, Bobby Mitchell, who played halfback, wide receiver for the Browns, drafted in 58. uh, Played most of his career for Washington, also a four-time pro bowler and Hall of Famer. Fullback, Tony Richardson. Uh, mainly played for Kansas City, but finished off uh, a few years in Mini and a couple in New York for the Jets. Also a three-time Pro Bowler. And uh, maybe the biggest fan favorite in KC. You think of Kelsey, you think of Mahomes, you also think of Daniel Sorensen. <laughs> Safety, <laughs> who I know is just loathed by the uh, fan base in Kansas City. This past week, he's the one that came flying in and missed that tackle on Lazard. Yeah. And then he just walked into the end zone. Yeah. So Daniel Sorensen, number 49. Yeah. Well, there we go. It's another week in paradise here. Mm-hmm. Um, got a couple Got a couple people keeping the show on the air yes. this week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. One's <laughs> a little more lighthearted. One's a little more serious. Um, and the first sponsor of the week is... My dog Mila's new exercise plan. Because... <laughs> My dog Mila's workout plan. <laughs> I sent Maddie a picture of her the other day. And if anybody's ever met my dog Mila, she's a little beagle. Yeah. She's always been a little thick. Okay? Yeah, thick. Thick, thick girl. Two C's. Yeah. You look. You would see Mila head on and you would see the sides of Mila. Yeah. As well as her face. <laughs> she was thick. So... <laughs> yeah. And what was happening is my old dog, Rosie, who I had had for years and years prior, I had never portioned her food, right? Mm. So I had always just filled her bowl up when I saw it was empty. So Mila, being a beagle, they're food crazy, she would just crush, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now Rosie passed away, RIP, God bless, still miss her. But now that we got our new dog, Ruby... Who eats just eats from the fridge by herself? <laughs> yes, exactly. We established uh, we, we portion them and and been taking her on a couple rips. Hey, Maddie. Yeah, a couple rips. The workout plan. The workout plan is, is well. You're the trainer. I, 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 I well, I think I'm the trainer. I strap Ruby to a wake leash, grab the mountain bike, and I'm off. But Mila, she's such a good dog. She don't need she don't need no leash. No. Right? So she just she just fucking has to catch up. Every <laughs> ounce of effort in her poor little body to keep pace with dad and Ruby. No, man, honestly Ruby's she... like three, four times her size and just galloping along. Yeah, but Ruby Ruby just just trots. She prances. Mm. But Mila, she sprints, but she loves it, man. Oh, she's stoked running around, not listening to me. <laughs> Ran into a skunk the other day. Oh yeah, on Mila's workout That's, plan. That was the picture you sent. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know it's it's good times over here in Rundle. Yeah, good for Mila. Oh, Feeling she better. Does Slim Reaper. Do you notice? <laughs> yeah, the Slim Reaper. Do you notice? Uh, is she like different around the house? More energy or way more energy? Okay, man. interesting. Way more yeah. energy. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, all it took was dad forcing her out on a couple bike rides. Yeah, and you know, uh, and and dryland training in the summer on the blades. Dry, yeah, That's where course. it started. Yeah, started on the blades, yeah. progressed to the mountain bike. Yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna lie, it's got a guy thinking uh, <laughs> because. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, old old Marty has put on a couple LBs over the years. Uh, haven't we all? Maybe uh maybe I need dad dad dick or <laughs> father gord to take me, strap me to the bike and get me running. <laughs> oh man, you never know. Lady, what the fuck you looking at with your skirted egg? Never mind, J Rock, keep her moving. Randy? Why don't you go on and eat a cheeseburger, you basketball-eating walrus-ass motherfucker? Frick off, J-Rock. Actually, I'm off the cheeseburgers now. Randy, don't play me like some kind of sucker, dog. Motherfuckers with guts like that ain't off the cheeseburgers. Motherfuckers with guts like that definitely are on the cheeseburgers, dog. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mila's workout plan. Looking good, though. Slim Reaps. Yeah, good for her. Um... The more serious note is mm-hmm. tomorrow's Remembrance Day. Yes. And uh, we on the BFB and my family and my family's business, we always take the day off. Um, like to honor the troops, you know, a lot uh, a lot of guys fought for our country. And, uh, you know, a lot of people still come back and still have really hard times with it. So it's a good day for, for all the Canadian military and military across the world. Um Got a little, got a little excerpt from an article about a couple NFL players that had actually fought in the Vietnam War. Um, representatives of the Buffalo Bills traveled to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in the fall of 1978 to present the museum with a plaque honoring guard Bob Cal Calsu. I guess it would be. I was going to say Calsu. <laughs> the team's 1968 Rookie of the Year and former Oklahoma standout. The plaque recognized Calsu who entered the Army as a second lieutenant following his promising rookie season as the only pro footballer to lose his life in Vietnam as a member of the, as the, a member of the United States military. Yeah. Uh, the plaque describes how on July 21st, 1970, following eight months of heavy combat, Lieutenant Kalsu was killed when his unit fell under heavy fire while defending the Ripcord base on an isolated jungle mountaintop. The hall was pleased to receive the inscribed tribute plaque and proudly hung it in a prominent place for the museum visitors to see and read. Some 30 plus years since Bob Kalsu's untimely death, the Hall of Fame actually learned of a second pro football player, Don Don Steinbrenner, who died while serving his country in Vietnam. Steinbrenner, an end from Washington State, played offensive tackle in 1953 for the Cleveland Browns. Steinbrenner, who joined the ROTC while in college, was called to active duty following his rookie season with Cleveland. Upon completion of a two-year tour of duty as an Air Force navigator, uh, the Bellingham, Washington native, considered returning to the Browns, but instead opted to pursue a military career. Wow. Um... Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Just a couple little yeah, for you sure. Know, that is really neat. And uh, obviously, like I was talking to Maddie about, I'm sure during the Vietnam War, people weren't getting conscripted to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there was obviously a lot of. I think there was a draft that year, but I don't think, or like those years, but I don't think the professional athletes would have had to go. Right. Yeah. Because there's draft no, dodgers. Right, right. Of course. Yeah. It was. I don't. 
uh, you know, and maybe we're talking out of our ass right now, but I don't think it was as strict or as enforced as um, in World War One and Two. Exactly. No. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, for sure. Mm. That oh, was a world war, right? But yeah. yeah. So just wanted to, uh, you know, say thanks to military people, for past sure. and present, and uh, yeah. Yeah, honor them, remember them, um, and take a moment tomorrow for sure. Exactly. Uh, to pause and reflect. I know, uh, yeah, this this year with uh, my my class, like, yeah, it's interesting. There's not a, it's hard to kind of explain that topic. It's a, it's very weird to to broach with that age group, but yeah, mm-hmm. they seem to really resonate with it. And I don't know. I, I was chatting with them, and you know, you do your own little deep dive and stuff with with kind of how Canada does it, but. Uh, there's a, do you know about the Highway of Heroes in Ontario? Um, so when, usually when they, when a soldier is killed in battle, he's brought back and it's usually in the, I forget what airport it is, but it's in Ontario. And oh, then okay. the morgue is down the highway. It's about a two hour drive from where the planes land. And it's tradition for uh, the family to be waiting and they get in the hearse, and they, there's a motorcade that goes down the 401. Hmm. And Canada, as far as I know, it's one of the only countries that does it. Uh, citizens just started coming out when they would hear that this was happening, and they would line up on the bridges over top of the highway. Crazy. And fire trucks and firemen would go, and they'd, they'd stand there with their Canadian flags and salute and just kind of pay honor and uh, respect. So, yeah, that was pretty cool, like, diving into that. And, you know, my students were pretty stoked on that oh, one. Nice, nice. Yeah. And uh, Canadian band The Trues did a song called Highway of Heroes, if you want to check it out. Hmm. So, anyways, uh, yeah. yeah. So me and uh, me and the family used to always go to the Beverly Cenotaph, Cenotaph yeah. every year. I was thinking up about until, going. Up until COVID happened. We yes. had gone, I had gone ever since I was a kid, man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every year went and stood there in the cold. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, typically it's like it's frigid and everything. We're we're lucky right now. It's uh, it's nice, very very mild. Dude, my grass is still green. Yeah, it's nuts. I can still go collect my leaves. Yeah, that I've been neglecting for weeks and weeks. Nah, nah, you know what? I I can't lie to you, Maddie. I paid somebody to do my leaves. Oh, I had to. Hey, it was never in doubt. Dude. I never doubted that you did do that. Dude, have you seen how wild the yard is? Though true, true. I guess, I guess. Man, these guys they came with an army. Okay, of guys cost me two hundred fifty bucks cash. Mm-hmm. Had to make sure it was cash. Yeah, I had to cash the sports Dude, selects. They filled. It had to be a forty by twenty tarp <laughs> of leaves. They just laid it out on the on the lawn. They blew all the leaves from the fr- the back all the way to the front onto the tarp, folded it up, and took it away. Wow! Holy yeah, shit. Dude, it would have been. I I bet you it would have been. 20 bags of leaves, man. Hmm. 20 large yeah. orange bags of leaves. That's a lot of work. For oh, sure. Yeah, for for sure. one guy. For sure. Okay, okay. I know, I know. But it just begs the question, what uh, outdoor chores do you do at your house? Because uh, you got snow removal, right? A couple no, kids in the neighborhood? Have... Well, no. <laughs> a couple kids in the neighborhood? They don't around. come around. But if they did, you would. I would pay a kid 10 or $15 <laughs> to shovel the walk. That's good money. Okay. You mow. You I mow. mow. I edge, I garden, I Mm. fucking rake in the spring. Power rake? No, I don't power rake. Don't need to. Okay. Um, I clean the fucking eaves troughs every two weeks in the summertime. Every two weeks? Dude, I have to because there's so so many trees back there. Trust me. Jungle. Do what outdoor work do I do? That is an insulting (laughs) question. 
That is all I do in the summer is fucking work on well, that goddamn yard. If you're insulted by that, it's going to be a rough go for you because we're jumping into text and answer. <laughs> and I would say half, if not more, of uh, the letters in Postman Pack's old sack are directed at you, bud. Oh, man. <laughs> you had trouble, it. Postman. <laughs> Patty had trouble dragging the old sack hey, into, hey, the, man, into the studio. It's a federal offense to open somebody else's mail, okay? <laughs> hey, I didn't do it. I didn't. We're trying to train Bong Springsteen on the fly, you know? I got to give some autonomy where I can. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get into it. Uh, first question this week comes in from Clickbait Clark. And he writes in and he says, Reflecting back on the season at its halfway point... With all the injuries, Henry, CMC, Barkley, etc., as well as knowing some of the struggles, Adams at times, Mahomes, Chubb at times, how would you say the first round should have gone knowing this information and looking back at the Flyers League? Well, I still think Derek Henry should have went first overall. Oh. If you're gonna look, if you're back gonna look it, back for sure, if for you're sure. gonna look back on it, I still think Derrick Henry. I think Cooper Cup should have been in the first round. Right. Yeah. These are all hindsight for sure. But yeah. at the time, they were there was Henry was talked about going in the first round. Cup not so much. No. Cup wasn't even in the top five or six receivers. No, man. He was so, like he got drafted in like the third round. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got him in the third or the fourth in um, forty. But now, like next year, he'll be going in the first round. Next yeah. year, Cup. Could fucking go first overall. Receiver? I Man, think about the points he's putting up. True. Stafford changed a lot of things there. You think first overall in the entire draft? He's on pace to set the record. Right. For but how many... points by a receiver. Which would be, I'm sure, still more than any of the best running backs. I'm sure. But the fact, the fact that you're banking on that happening two years in a row... You know, who's, true. who's to say, obviously the chemistry is there with Stafford, but they've also got Woods, you know, who's always there to take some targets away and Van Jefferson lingering. But uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. And I think position always comes into it too. Like if I'm going to be, give me the option of a, the best receiver, or the best running back, take the running back. Yeah. I mean, I guess I am too, you but... know, because just because of uh, the depth of the position, but yeah, I don't know. Looking back on it, it, that's a tough question. I guess, like, I don't know. Maybe out of the guys that were talked about in the first round that should have gone higher, Jonathan Taylor probably comes to mind. Yeah. Because he's avoided any injury. He's been fucking steady as hell, and he just keeps getting better. James Robinson actually has been pretty decent James this Robinson year. has jumped up pretty high, too. And, yeah, and another guy who was kind of, I don't know. He's. It seems every year you go into a draft, guys either are into it or they're completely off of it austin eckler yeah and he's been really reliable and he's been playing through some injuries too but he's played in every game and i think his lowest scoring game is seven points yeah you know that's pretty so good. that's not bad and honorable mention joe joe main joe main has had a hell yeah. of a year yeah so for owners for sure it's hard to say but like like thinking about what uh what clark said uh just i found this uh just perusing the interwebs uh, listen to these names that have had just calf injuries this year. Dak Prescott, week eight. Debo Samuel, week eight. Nick Chubb, week seven. Kareem Hunt, week seven. George Kittle, week five. Garoppolo, week five. Rashad Penny, week three. Trent Brown, week two. Evan Ingram, week one. Xavier Rhodes, week one. Uh, and then Star Latula Lele. 
and Richie Incognito week one defensive players or an offensive player offensive lineman but it's just crazy that like calf injuries like I don't know it just it doesn't seem that those are typical injuries that happen no in a season usually it's ankles and knees yeah or quads hammies you know and then like on top of it like I don't know I Patrick Mahomes has had a real weird year yeah not gonna lie uh like he, okay, so he's thrown interceptions in seven straight games. That's the longest streak he's had if you include his high school, college, or NFL career. <laughs> wow. Which is nuts. Like, fuck! Of course it's the year I take him. So, like, <laughs> last week, Patrick Mahomes averaged 3.2 air yards on his completions. The second lowest in a game he started and finished in his entire career. The only game lower was the week before against the Giants. Oof. So, like... I don't know. I don't know if they figured out Mahomes or um, he's just having a, a little dry spell here or what, like what the play calling is. But I don't know. Like I haven't watched much Chief games lately, but the few things I've seen, like Kelsey's dropping. Yeah. Tyreek is dropping. Guys are dropping balls. You know, so I think it's a combination of a lot of things, but I don't know. It's <sighs> Yeah, it's, it's a tough, tough. one. It's well, tough. it's tough if you took him in a two QB league or a super flex league. Big and you time. took him first. Well, but yeah, it's, he's I'm paying off. It's having and... struggles, like I wouldn't say like yeah, he's had some real dud weeks, like eight, seven, eight points. But it is you're right in the respect that like yeah, in the triple I took him first round and then I took Dak second round, and I'm going into this week looking at it, and I forget who I was looking at on my bench, thinking you know. Maybe this is the week I only start one quarterback. And if I did, it would be Dak. And mm. then I could maybe get Michael Carter, the running back, into my lineup instead of Mahomes. But then, you know, that's your first round pick. Are you going to put him on the bench? No. And then are you going to sacrifice or worry that Mahomes goes off? Like, you know, Murphy's Law, I'm sure that would happen. <laughs> yeah, so, you got to start him. He's a must yeah, start. Exactly. But so you're, well, yeah, what, that's what I'm kind of saying is like you're kind of handcuffed in that respect. But whatever. It's the same thing if you took a tight end early. I mean, really, any position. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's, I don't know. I don't know if we answered Clark's question fully. <laughs> I don't but know either. Fuck, it's hard to say. Like, hindsight's everything. Like, yeah. you could say Jamar Chase for sure. But, you know, going into the year, his preseason was so terrible. And he's a rookie. And he was, like, T. Higgins was going before him. His yeah. teammate was going early. So hard to say hindsight what actually would happen. All right, well, this one, we talked about it right off the hop. Uh, Gord's got a couple uh, lobbed his way. (laughs) (laughs) And let's get into it. So this one comes in from uh, Reliable Andy in East Van. He writes in, he says, We've all heard of the gut-brain connection. Many studies have shown links between the gut and the brain and going with your gut being more than just an old cliche. But what about the gut-heart connection? (laughs) I ask this because Huncho is a renowned gut guy, TM, and seems <laughs> and seems to also be picking with his heart, currently rostering no fewer than three New York Giant players. <laughs> it seems to be working for him as he's currently in sixth place, occupying the last playoff spot in the A-pool. Despite some injury trouble, his stalwart attitudes of next man up and on to the next week are inspiring to fantasy managers everywhere. My question is this. Considering the aforementioned injuries, what are some made-in New York Giant acquisitions Gord can make to bump those numbers up even higher? Should he package some non-Giants together for Devontae Booker? 
Maybe stash the Giants D for next week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Maybe stash Shepard or Slayton for a later date. I just want to soothe that heart-gut connection for a reliable Andy in East Van. <laughs> Man, so I... It's funny. But, here's the thing. A few of those Giants have had good games. And Booker, who I do not have... No. Feldy's. Feldy has him. Divisional foe. Divisional foe. Yeah. But I have Booker in uh, A-League. Mm-hmm. The triple. Yes. And he's been good. Yeah, he's, he's been, been money. really good. Yeah. Um, much like he did in, o- in uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> Almost did it. Uh, <laughs> much like he did in Vegas last year when Jacob yeah. went down. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. I mean, the Giants, you know, I guess it's a little bit of, of, of homer picks for sure. I am rostering quite a few. Um, did at one point you have any other Giants? Uh, well, right now. You've got Ingram. Um, Kadarius. Young Joka. Yeah, and I got Ingram, favorite? Jones, and oh, Danny. Joka. But Danny Dimes, the week I played him, yeah, he had a better week than Herbert. True. Or no, it was I might have been on a bye. But he was serviceable. I'm pretty sure I won. Just because Andy beat me last week, he's trying to <laughs> fucking chime here. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I don't know. I saw Shepard got picked up today by the felons, yeah. so he scooped up. But yeah, maybe Slayton at one point. I don't know. It's hard to say. Oh, it's tough to hard say. Hard to say. But uh, yeah, betting with my heart a little bit. Um, hmm. You know, I think I think my season in the in the forty is coming to fruition <laughs> i don't know man i think i like you think it's gonna blossom into something no better? no oh. i think it's gonna go the other way around <laughs> really <laughs> yeah i'm in tough man I'm wow in tough. lost my first and second round picks you know lots of guys lose one of those i lost both of them in the same week and they're done yeah true you yeah. know what i mean like henry was a big part of the reason why i was doing so well yeah, one guy. True. Such an innocuous looking injury too. Walking around on the sidelines, not thinking much, and then boom, gone for the year. Tough yeah. one. Well, do you have any of the backups? Did you get McNichols? No. Uh, what about I, AP? McNichols? McNichols ain't the answer. Okay, you know who what is I mean? then? Like, who is then? Uh, there is no answer in in Tennessee for a running back who you should start. I don't think that's a tough one, man. Because hmm. McNichols is still. They came out and even said he's still going to be the third down back for sure, but so I don't know. Are you going to take Adrian Peterson? I he's he's never given me a reason not to rely, not to believe in him. Yeah, that's you know true. what I mean. Yeah. Like everywhere he's gone, you're like, oh, fucking AP went to the Cardinals and he has like two bad games. Everybody writes him off, and then he comes back and he demolishes basically at the end of the year. And then he does the same thing in Washington. You know, like yeah. Who's to say, like, if you have to look at running styles, AP is pretty pretty close. Not as big as Henry, but pretty close in that upright, big mm-hmm. back style. You know? So, I don't know. I was surprised as a Henry owner that maybe you didn't show a bit more I put money on him. I put money on him, but... I don't know. Not a believer. Not a believer. Okay. No, not a believer. We'll see. We'll see. I got to gut it out from here on out here. Yeah. It's going to be tough. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, well, talking about uh, from one franchise that has glass half empty to another, uh, Kickstand Stu writes in, and he says, 
Are the boners done? <laughs> well, Stu, come on. I don't think they're done. No. No. Are you um, kidding me? Look at this. Okay, look at the record. Number one, he's six and three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you Stu, lost two weeks in a you row. You lost two weeks in a row. You're six and three. Also, just doing a quick peruse, you have 91 fab dollars. <laughs> so... You can run the show if you want to for the rest of the rest of the year. The next closest guy is John with 79 and I'm not convinced he knows how to use his fab dollars. Yeah. So I think you're golden there. Like you look at everybody else they're in the 30s, the 20s, the 40s range. No, you got no, no. 91 scoots left. You can you can buy the players you need to fill those gaps. You're 6 and 3, you know? Yeah. You, just a couple bad weeks doesn't mean anything. The thing that's demoralizing is looking back and seeing that your division, you've got Chris Kirk, who's at seven and two. Tough one. First place overall. You've got the Strathcona Coronas who, who have been, been surging. Surging. Yeah. Yeah. Balls to the wall. They're at six and three, just like you are. And then and they're fourth place overall. And then you're fifth place overall. You've got a playoff spot in the A pool. Yeah. So yeah, no, the season's not done, Stu. Have faith, you know? You could be Kellen. <laughs> <laughs> Two and seven, man. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. talk about Kel. But yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, you can thank, you can send, maybe send Kellen a thank you card. Yeah, thanks, Kel. Something along those lines. So, Stu, have faith. You're oh, so good. Oh, man. Uh, the Body Dune Goon, Taylor Marin, wrote in three pepper quick ones here. Perfect. Where's OBJ going to end up? Uh, sounds like, um, Seattle. Don't mind that. I don't mind Seattle. Uh, I think he'd be good in Green Bay. This is all thinking that maybe he has something left. I've got my qualms and my, my reservations about that. Um, I think he'd be a fool if he went to New Orleans. Yeah. You're only going to New Orleans because of your LSU connections and that's where you're from. Are you really going to go down there? James Winston just got knocked out for the year. Yeah. So you're not happy with Baker Mayfield. You're going to go to Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill. And you're going to tell me you're going to be happy? No, you're going to do the same bullshit you did at every other stop you were at. So, yeah, be be smart. Go to Rodgers or go to Russ. Yeah, Or maybe there's rumors about KC, but I don't see it. They They just did the same kind of thing with Josh Gordon. You know, and didn't Casey just sign Deshaun Jackson too? Uh, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas signed him. Too. Yeah, and he's also rumored to maybe go to Vegas. So, yeah, I uh, just to while I Derek was, Carr wouldn't be bad. True, true, but you know they have to remind themselves that next year, I think Devontae Adams is going to be a Las Vegas Raider. Yeah, he's going to go play with Carr there. Uh, I was doing it as I was prepping for who got he be. Uh, today in the pod, uh, I did look at the Seattle depth chart, and out of all the teams listed, including the Packers, the Seahawks need them the most. Yeah, I agree. Because really, after C- after uh, uh, Metcalf and Lockett, who do they got? Dwayne Eskridge, you yeah. know, like and another guy named Penny Hart. So you know, Penny Hart, not a bad name. Yeah, so I think he would he would be smart to go there himself. I think so too. You know, and good quarterback in Russ as well. Exactly. And you got a fun loving coach. Oh yeah, Pete. Oh yeah, <laughs> that guy just having the time of his life. You know, uh, and the best part about it is a lot of the places uh, rumored to be destinations NFC. Yeah, just get out of the AFC. I don't, or I guess. Um, 
I guess we should touch on one of them is the Patriots. Ooh. And if that were to go down, Cleveland plays New England this Sunday. No. Let's do it. I would love that. Like, if you're going to go to an AFC team, pick one that we're going to play. And let's see how effective you are. Yeah. You know? Maybe your dad can put a fucking highlight package for you there. You know? Like, come on. <laughs> 29 years old and you can't fight your own battles. Come on. 11 minutes. That that pisses me off so much with OBJ, man. You put out an 11-minute video and he says, oh, it wasn't me. I just found it and I liked it and I tweeted it. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. sure. You put that together. Where's the one of the drops? Yeah. Show me that drop on fourth and two against the Chargers when we were trying to fucking win the game. Where's that one? OBJ senior. You know, like there's so many where he drops or he's looking to see where he's going to get hit before he even attempts to make it. Like you, mm-hmm. you call yourself a premier receiver and you drop all of the easy ones. Yeah. Damn it. You give him all the easy ones. Damn it. You give him all the easy ones. <laughs> you know, like, fuck, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I mean, I don't know. Part of me thinks he's washed. So it doesn't really, in my mind, it doesn't really matter where he goes. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think he's, he's going to do much. Be the level he was at. No, he's riding his five years in New York. Yeah, for sure. Know? So best thing that ever happened to Odell Beckham was fucking Eli Manning. Yeah, truth. <laughs> seriously, truth, truth. He yeah. had fucking career years, man. True. Yeah. Um, anyway, second question. Sure. <laughs> Quick one. We're not done on OBJ either. <laughs> he just says, "Was the NFL too light on Rodgers?" thousand percent yeah hundred percent i mean he's an idiot he's a moron man like listening i honestly for my own mental health and well-being i didn't i didn't watch or listen to that interview on the mcafee show oh i didn't Uh, listen to no or like try to look up any clips because it's just like i just heard it was full of like false inaccuracies about the you know the fucking Oh, the vaccine doesn't do this, but yes, I'm taking Invectamine or whatever. It's yeah. just like, okay, man, like, all right. You also grew out your hair for a fucking Halloween costume because you want to do a John Wick photo shoot. So I don't know, like, where he's at. And I guess I saw today that his now fiance, Shailene Woodley, is out there, like, protecting him and, like, screenshotting things people say and, like, circling in and writing about inaccuracies in, what, in their tweets and stuff. Oh, my God. Man, it's just a fucking kerfuffle. So... Yeah, yeah, I don't. I I think it was dumb. I mean, like, I don't know. You're in the professional eye, man. Yeah, you gotta know. You gotta know. You're gonna be scrutinized. And like, if you say, "Well, I didn't lie," okay, you didn't lie, but you were you were blatantly deceitful. Yeah, like, you, like, <laughs> like dress it up in a different way. Like you were, you're. I don't know. It's yeah. just it's too much. Packers ended up getting fined three hundred k. Three hundred thousand. But him and uh, Alan Lazard got fourteen. 14-5. Yeah, 14-5. Yeah. That's right. But then you consider, like, I've got it in around, in uh, United by Unis. Uh, um, C.D. Lamb got fined 20K for not tucking in his jersey after three reminders. So, like, really? Like, where are your fucking priorities at here? I yeah. don't know. I just... The whole Rodgers thing pisses me off, man. It, I know. It He's a goofball. Neat. Yeah. Moron. Um... What's the number three? Has the NFL gone too far with taunting? Yes, 100%. 100%. 100%. I saw a clip on SportsCenter uh, either last night or, or today uh, that showed Steph Curry putting in his, I think it was his 50th point last night or something like that. And he does the flex and walks back to his, his fucking basket. And then you, you've you got Cassius Marsh doing a full-on 
karate kick, blue belt level probably. Uh, you know, and then walking back to, and then looking at the sidelines and getting flagged for taunting. Like, come on. Yeah. How do you, these guys are so revved up to make the plays. And then when they make the plays, they're not allowed to show any enthusiasm for no, it. it's stupid. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I think it's, it's the no fun league. It's the way, it's the, the no way it goes. League. Like you can't have it all. I mean like standing over a guy after you fucking drill him and fucking staring at him for and sure. shit. Sure. Yeah. But like if a guy flexes and like looks at the other bench or something i don't no come on like exactly. you're not like you didn't just fucking drop a guy he's concussed and you're standing over yeah there. exactly yeah yeah I, I i completely agree i think there needs to be a happy medium uh if the players the media the fans all hate it so review it mm-hmm. make it better yeah i don't know it's the only league that punishes enthusiasm excitement yeah so i don't know and it, like i said you can't have it all you know for years they they allowed the taunting but they wouldn't give us more than one shell rule for the helmet and now <laughs> now they're going to uh, allowing it and but the taunting's in so come on yeah let, let us just yeah. be fans you know so okay well uh this one you know this guy's been we talk about mia milk carton minute we could put bacon on here Every 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 episode, he's been out, you he's know. Been out. But at least he came through tonight, Frida. So Sizzle and Bacon and Grosvenor writes, with Jordan Howard's recent resurgence, do you believe he remains a fantasy option when Miles Sanders returns? Also, whose health re- regimen do you believe to be a better option, Aaron Rodgers' antibodies or Duncan Keith's red lights? <laughs> Man, I think I think Jordan Howard, he's got that prowess, and guys just use him along the goal line. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain, but I was thinking about this on when I was watching Red Zone this past weekend. Jordan Howard, when he puts on an Eagles uniform, turns into a different player. You put him in Miami, he's shit. You put him somewhere else, he's shit. You put him in a Philly uniform, that forest green, the guy is lights out. It's um, fucking wild. He was good in Chicago. He was he was adequate. He didn't he wasn't as good as he was in in, no. in Philly. Man, it's crazy. I I I almost the my instincts say no. <laughs> Don't trust Jordan Howard, but looking at it like, yeah, maybe you do because I feel like Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell are going to cancel each other out when Sanders returns. Yeah, I, I agree. So it's a matter of, uh, I think it's a matter of how does Howard perform this weekend while Sanders is still hurt? If he if he brings it again like he did the week before. I'm starting him in the 40. I have to. I've been yeah, old players. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this week it's fine because Sanders is still hurt. But if he brings it two weeks in a row, I think he shows the coaching staff like you can't just take me out mm-hmm. you know and the much can be said the same thing for the chicago bears with khalil herbert yeah i true. think for uh the weeks that uh, montgomery was hurt khalil herbert was top 10 in uh, many rushing categories uh in the league you know and then it was so it was a bit puzzling montgomery comes back this past week and herbert only got like i think two series worth of plays uh it, i don't know i feel like guys like that when they prove how well they can be um, they deserve that playing time. I, I think so. They should get that playing time, much like, uh, like a like right now Hunt with uh, with Hunt on IR. Chip, Chubb's healthy, right? 
Ernest still get some looks. should still get some looks, you know, yeah. because he proved it in that Denver game. Like, he can handle it. So, yeah, I, I think, like, yeah, I think Howard monitor it for sure. See how this week goes. If this week goes well, uh, yeah, I, I think it's... fire on him, yeah, you never know. Yeah, I think it's trending that in that direction. If you have to, you have to. Yeah. And uh, this, this question about health regimen, well, Aaron Rodgers is a dummy. Um, so I, I guess I'd pick Duncan Keith's. I did a quick read on it, light therapy, uh, into a few holistic medicines and drinks. So that kind of jives with me. Um, (laughs) but really like, who am I kidding? Like if I were to pick a a health routine, it would be Marshawn Lynch's Skittles. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. yeah, That's right. John Daly's diet Coke intake. Yeah. (laughs) Man. Oh man. Yeah, John Daly. Man, shout out to Kellen. Best Halloween costume I saw was oh, his daughter. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was good, yeah. Oh, man, that was real nice. Dressing her up as John D. John D. All right, where are we going next? Well, should we hit a new listener? Yeah, let's. Let's. All right. I love when we expand the audience. <laughs> it's far reaching. Makes it worth it. <laughs> this uh, this question comes in from a, a guy we personally don't know. Okay. He just picked up the pod. Oh, just found um, her. Just found it, yeah, on, on Spotify and all wherever you get your podcasts. Well, la- yeah, last I heard uh, when I got my weekly update from uh, Apple Apple Podcasts, is that we were trending towards top 10. We were sitting at uh, number 14 mm. in uh, fantasy football podcasts in uh, North America. So we're on our way. So I, of course he stumbles upon us. I'm coming up. <laughs> um, this one comes in from a, a, a writer. And his name is Flat Earth Fred. <laughs> says, hey boys. Okay. Flat Earth Fred here. Your local conspiracy theorist. Perfect. Been a listener in the weeds for quite some time now, quietly observing from my tall tower, making sure everyone can see that the earth is indeed flat. <laughs> in between conventions for fellow flat earthers, I also attend freedom and anti-mask rallies with my good friend, activist Artie. <laughs> Me and Artie were big believers that COVID is a hoax, and we shared our support down on Jasper Avenue at another anti-mask rally. I was surprised I didn't see my boy A Rod there. He's a uh, he's a supporter of the cause. Of Maddie. course, yeah, he is. Um, now the allegations against my boy are totally, you know, I I would almost have to say that the allegations are erroneous. <laughs> erroneous, erroneous, erroneous on both counts. Oh, Lord. <laughs> His uh, immunization he received um, had been proved by the lizard elite time and time again. (laughs) Now, my question, boys, is who do you think is the most out there athlete that you guys can think of? Mm. The one who really said, I don't know about this guy. Yeah. Um, He says, keep it flat. (laughs) Flat Earth Fred. (laughs) Flat Earth Fred. Wow, okay. Well, I don't know if we jive, but thank you for listening. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, you know what's funny is immediately when you when Fred finished that question, uh, I thought of the NBA. 
Well, me too. Went right to, uh, obviously, Dennis Rodman. Oh. And then I thought of uh, the artist formerly known as Ron Artest. I was going to say, that was Meta, my... Yeah, Meta, Meta World, World Peace. Peace. <laughs> Dude, have you watched Malice at the Palace? Yes, it's, it's very good. It's so good, man. Honestly, that whole series on Netflix is very good. Did you watch the one about uh, the Danbury Trashers? The no. hockey team? No. Oh, man. Check it out. <laughs> Highly recommend. It's about this... Basically, uh, he was like uh, what Tony Soprano was. Like he was this mob boss that ran a garbage garbage company in uh, in uh, New York, I think, New Jersey, Jersey, Jersey yeah. And uh, his son got really into hockey when he was in high school. And anyways, one day he receives, he finds out while he's walking through the hallways that his dad has bought this minor league hockey team and named him head coach, or sorry, general manager and executive op- operating officer or something. What? And this 17-year-old kid was the GM of the team. And like, <laughs> they had like the dirtiest tactics. They just got a bunch of goons to play for their team. They just beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah, it's a uh, very, very good one. And then huh. actually in the same series... On a more serious note, uh, there's one about Marty Fish, uh, the American tennis player that it, uh, who had a lot of um, issues with um, you know mental illness, mm. basically, and depression and anxiety and kind of stuff like that. And uh, that one was phenomenal. That one was the best one for sure. But yeah, hmm. I, I agree. The uh, that that Malice series is awesome. Palace, but yeah. Malice of the Palace was was real good. Oh yeah, yeah it's gnarly, man. Yeah. It's funny that we both went to that spot. Yeah, those those guys were fucking cuckoos. Maybe Sean Avery. Yeah, Sean Avery's a quack, too. You know, he's a bit out there, too. So, fuck. Flat Earth Fred. Yeah. Bring in the heat. Bring in the heat. <laughs> okay, well, um, let's talk. Let's. We've got one that's come in for uh, one guy on the pod, and this one's for Gord. <laughs> and it's, uh, this one says, Gord... Given your years of experience with underachieving teams and your unmatched ability to let everyone in earshot know just how hard the hard hats have it, can you give some advice to an underachieving team asking for a friend? This person would like to know how to complain about a team that has more points for than every division leader in the 40, yet sits in 11th place and is currently on a gut-wrenching six-game losing streak. You may want to reference the fact that this team also has the highest points against in the league. I think the art of your craft is to be able to complain about your woes without appearing to know that you are complaining about your woes. <laughs> Anyways, appreciate any advice from the best in the biz. From a fan and admirer, Little Kitten Bitch Boy. <laughs> pretty long-winded question (laughs) oh man but i don't even know what i don't know if i know the exact question so how do i get to complain about my team how how yeah can you give some advice about complaining about how hard you have it without coming across as a whiny little bitch (laughs) it's not that hard really (laughs) you know you just have to ignore every comment that everybody makes about what you're saying. And you just got to keep your nose to the grindstone, <laughs> Kellen, okay? <laughs> you got to keep up with the facade that everybody thinks you're sad about it, but really, you're just waiting to strike, okay. you know? Hmm, interesting. 
Yeah, Kellen's in tough, but uh, oh, Kellen's sound in real tough, man, real tough. Uh, and uh, you know what? I mean, the hats, <laughs> the economy's <laughs> on a downturn here right God. now for the hats, man. So you know what? We're just gonna have to battle through like 2008, and oh my God, <laughs> we'll just keep going, right? Basically, what you just said is, <laughs> I'm about to turn into a shithole. And just take notes. Watch what I say and then just copy it the week after. <laughs> Watch how I excuse myself from my deficiencies. Oh, man. Oh, man. Shit. <laughs> it's smelling. <laughs> okay. Uh, next one comes in from uh, second time texter. Platinum Blonde. And she writes in. She says, hi, boys. This may come as a surprise to no one, but I did not grow up watching or playing any sports. My family has no long-standing affiliation or fandom for any particular team. As an adult who likes to get on bandwagons, I've decided on who my favorite sports teams are and why I chose them for countless other reasons. For hockey, it's a no-brainer. The Columbus BJs, based on their name alone. NBA would be the Raptors simply because the year they won, it got me invited to many garage parties in my neighborhood. (laughs) For the NFL, it has to be Miami. What bold color choices to never bother rebranding after the 80s were over. So, whether it's fond memories, a cool color, or a stellar name, we all choose our team for different reasons. Thinking now about how brown is probably the worst color of all time, I'm wondering how Marty settled on Cleveland as his team of choice. It it cannot possibly be for their team colors, and obviously not for their clever name that (laughs) simply serves to remind us their color scheme. (laughs) <laughs> there must be a memory here or I w- and I would love to hear it platinum blonde uh, yeah I, I mean I don't know I don't know what the full story is honestly the, the uniforms are a factor of what, why I found them intriguing started following in grade 10 high school started kind of loosely uh, getting into the NFL and I don't know there was something intriguing about a, a team that had so much history but was never, ever on TV or spoken about. No. <laughs> um, you know, and like the brown is such a unique color. Like really, you look at it now, it's the Cleveland Browns and the San Diego Padres are really the only two teams that use it in, in professional sports in their in their mm. color scheme. Yeah, I uh, guess. Hey. You know, and like even college-wise, like Bowling Green is brown and orange. Uh, can't really name another one that uses brown. So I, th- I found that to be kind of unique. And then the fact that they were always like the underdog, like they, they were never favored because they were so bad all the time, <laughs> it drew me to them, which was, uh, I don't know, hindsight, maybe not the best idea since I cheer for the Oilers as well. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been lean. Uh, now it's paying off. And Hopefully kind of how it happened. And once you, and you know, like, I don't know, I think the boys all know and, you know, the other fa- uh, female fans know too, once you plant your flag... Yo, you gotta fly it. You fly it, you know? Like, you you know, um, in Edmonton there is, well, I'm, I'm sure he's famous worldwide, but in Edmonton there's an AM uh, uh, sports talk host, Jason Greger, who for years <laughs> talked about how he was a huge Miami Dolphins fan. And then he switched. And switched. Switched, like three years ago. To where? Kansas City. Oh, weird. They're good now? You want to be a part of their team? You know, and he's been getting dogged for it ever since. You can't do it. You As pick, you, you should. You plant your flag and you ride. You ride or die, baby. Yeah. You ride or die. So, 
that's kind of how it happened. And then once you're locked in, you're locked in. So it, luckily now, it, you know, I can wear my Browns gear out in public and not think like, oh, fuck, people are judging. Because before, <laughs> like, it was there was a point when, you know, as a fan, you couldn't even buy a jersey. Because there was no one good enough on the team to yeah. warrant it. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, well, I could buy Joe Thomas. But do you really want to walk around with, no offense to, number 73 <laughs> and, like, a lineman as, yeah. as your guy that you're repping? <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's been lean. It's working out now. And, yeah, so it's, yeah, that's kind of the story nice. for me. the intro. What about uh, the Giants and Gord? It was the first NFL game I'd ever gone and, and watched hmm. in New York, in the Meadowlands, with Megan. Perfect. So, Eli on the field. Eli, yeah. And then I had saw, it was Eli um, versus the Eagles. And that's oh, when Mike decent. Vick was playing for the Eagles. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was in 2012. Shit. Yeah, Man, that's a good they had won. They had actually evidently won the Super Bowl the year prior, right? They beat, uh, they beat the Patriots. The Patriots, yeah. Oh, yeah. After their uh, 16-0 season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, their first loss. And so I uh, I didn't really like them just because of that. Because the year that I went to the game, they fucking missed the playoffs. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, the game was a nothing game. You know, it was in, like, December, like, around New Year's or right, whatever. Right, okay. And so I was like, well, fuck. I was like, it's the first team that, like, I'd always watched the NFL, but I never really had, like, a team. And I was like, ah, fuck. I guess I'll just have to stick with the Giants. Like, the jerseys, they're nice. Yeah. Blue and white. Chris. Nice color scheme. Uh, color scheme. Yeah, Blue, exactly. red, and white. For sure. So, Victor Cruz, you know. Got a few, got, got a few in the graveyard, buddy. <laughs> oh man! Hmm. Oh, baby. Big Dick Daddy. He's made it. He's got his intro music. Daddy's here, and Daddy is gonna take care of you. Oh, baby. Big Dick Daddy writes in, like he always does. Ghostwriting. (laughs) (laughs) He said, uh, with a few of the divisions tightening up after last week, what divisional race are you most excited about in the Triple F? Divisional race in the Triple F. Yeah. It is tightening up in a couple. It is. For sure. I mean, in the Slewfoot's... Five and four, five and four, four and five. Nick, you know I'm on your side, buddy. Yeah, for sure. That one's real. That one's that one's uh, that one's the tight, tightest. Tightest for sure. Um, John, John, Stu, and Nick all have a shot there for sure. It's yeah. gonna be. It's gonna come down to the wire in that one for sure. Um, the Spears. I mean, six and three, five and four, four and five. Really, still not all that. For apart. sure. Yeah, I need to. It it starts this week for for the Tokes. They need to make a statement against their rivals. Oh the yeah, it's rivalry week. Oh, it's rivalry oh, week. Oh yeah, got to make I a statement there. About that. If I can get that seventh win against you, I, I like my chances for a pool at least. So, um, whew, baby, I'm on a fucking roll in yeah, the triple. Man. <laughs> Dude, I've, I've won eight weeks in a row. Eight straight weeks. I know. It's I lost week wild. one. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, on an absolute tear. And I've got the most points for by far. True. 
True. Woo! You do need to. I I have to say, we'll give uh, Pate and Bacon some credit. Uh, he's three and six. Yeah. I think he's got two in a row. Yeah. I think he's on a two game win streak here. Turning around a little bit, or one game win streak, sorry, but three and six, not too bad. Uh, he's within striking distance of uh, Soldier Fields, who's got a five and four record, and sitting in sixth place. So, you know, you keep that going, Bakes, you got a chance. And then Kessel's team sits at seven and two, decent little squad, too. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like, I guess to answer the question, my own uh, is what intrigues me the most. I like to maintain the gap. Um, yeah, and, try and get that first round by. Exactly, yeah. So kind of establish that. Um, but yeah, there's there's a couple, there's a, there's a few I'm watching. Nick's division for sure, because he's mm-hmm. getting healthy. Yeah. And he's made the moves to have a solid fucking squad. Uh, he's just got, has to maintain his health, right? Like, can he finally have roster Kamara and McCaffrey yeah, at the exact yeah. same time? Like, whew, yeah, formidable for sure. Formidable. So, and you know what, Derek Carr is serviceable at, uh, at QB. So yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Well, I mean, he's got Stafford too. So, you know, uh, that's looking good for him. If if Carr can get back on track, he's got the stack with Waller, which is huge. And mm-hmm. Michael Pittman Jr. is having... He's I, having a great year. Yeah, I'll be the first to admit, I thought he was going to have a brutal year. I avoided him in every league, and I'm regretting it now. He's having a hell of a season. Well, Carson Wentz played well, too. Exactly, yeah. That's a good point. All righty. Um, do you have any more questions? I've got I've got one more no, on I'm, my list. I'm out. Okay. Gallagher didn't write in? Oh, you know what? Gallagher did write in. Mm. He didn't exactly write in a question. He just wanted to revisit his old question. Oh, fuck. Which is, uh, who do you think is going to win the division? Oh, I yeah. believe. And fuck. Why, why are you always misjudging <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> Oh man, fucking Steelers. Okay, so they've got Detroit this week. I would count I would I would assume that's a win for them. Yeah. Uh division, hard to tell. So Cleveland has not played Baltimore yet, and in an oddity oddity, they play Baltimore, have their bye, and then they come back and play Baltimore what? after their bye. Yeah. So that's coming up. Um but if you look at it, we lost to the Steelers in a I thought we played brutal. I thought the play calling was terrible in that game. Uh they Got away from the run. Nick Chubb was a non-factor, um, so that 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 irks me. But Pittsburgh got the win over Cleveland. Cincinnati beat Pittsburgh, and we just crushed Cincinnati. So it's so hard to say in that yeah. one. Uh, so yeah, I'm still gonna have faith in in uh, the Browns. I think you know, the Cincinnati Bengals won a few close ones, a few ones where uh, I I don't think the people people thought they would win those ones. Um, yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I just don't think they're ready. I think our the Browns secondary is playing better. I'm gonna go with them. I'm gonna roll with them. Of course, I'm gonna roll with them. <laughs> fuck the fuck the Steelers. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's basically fair all enough I have to say. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, my final question comes in from a new. Uh, well, newer this season. He's written in once before. Um, but he, he had to write it in again. He could not hold it in. Uh, this this last question comes in from Liberal Larry. <laughs> my, 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 Gordon. 
you never cease to surprise me. Firstly, don't think it was lost on me how you conveniently failed to acknowledge or congratulate our amazing and new mayor-elect, Mr. Amarjeet Sohi, after he convincingly won the municipal election a few short weeks ago. You may claim being busy or simply forgetting, but I know what it really was. Planned ignoring. Needless to say, this upset me greatly and caused me to write several detailed passages in my feelings diary. It helped tremendously, but when I made the mistake, but then I made the mistake of turning on episode 48. <laughs> Your crude, insensitive, and borderline joke not only left a bad taste in my mouth, but also in the countless mouths of my friends in my left-wing chat rooms. <laughs> it's safe to say that the woke web was lit up and we're currently sharpening our metaphorical pitchforks for you. I always knew that Teddy was integral to the success of this podcast, but now I see that he was also the moral compass. And you, Matt, you're no better. You did nothing to stop him, and therefore guilty by association and inaction. Rest assured that a strongly worded email has been sent to the National Podcast Council. I hope they throw the book at you too. But through darkness comes light. And the joke did not did get me thinking about my fantasy season and my leagues. It's been a tough year for old Larry in the fantasy realm, with really my only bright spot being the play of James Connor at running back. Definitely not expected, but for sure a welcome surprise. So, boys, who would you pick as the surprise fantasy running back so far this season? Liberal Larry. I'm going to go with Daryl Henderson. Oh, good pick. Yeah, he's been great. Yeah. Man. I've tried to get him from a few guys in a few <laughs> leagues. Man. And, oh, and people are not yeah, giving him up. People are not giving him up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's hard to say. We talked about them a little bit before uh, when Clark wrote in. Eckler and Taylor uh, yeah. have been real nice. Um, but if you want to look uh, like a little bit outside the box, uh, Najee Harris has yeah. been very reliable. Um, a guy who's not even, not even a running back, Cordero Patterson has been yeah, very good been at the position. Yeah. Um, and I'll give a little bit of love, uh, to Gord here. And, uh, I think my pick is going to be Damian Harris mm. for the New England Patriots. Man, he has been good. He's been very, very good. Um, yeah. And like, I've, I have him in fucking three leagues every man. single every league. league i have him in every he's been single great. league yeah yeah he's yeah. been a workhorse man yeah he's a fucking bruiser he's been a very pleasant surprise and uh yeah you know like it's it's interesting every year uh people want to avoid the patriots backfield because of the muddled and confusion it's usually a fucking merry-go-round lack of clarity exactly but, but he's t- been he's been solid and ever since they got rid of sony michelle yes i knew for sure he was going to be yes, good and agreed. he's been He's gotten a tutty in the last, like, five weeks. Yes, I agree. And, like, in t- on top of that, uh, he's been steady, but the merry-go-round has continued with everybody behind him. Yeah. Which is even more reassuring. Like, one week, J.J. Taylor is the guy. Next, and then the next week, Ramondre, Steve- yeah, yeah, Ramondre, Ramondre isn't even in the lineup. He's yeah. a healthy inactive. Or then you go Brandon Bolden. But through it all, Damien's been good. Damien's been the guy. So, yeah, he would be my pick for sure. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, it's time to jump into uh, Pass It Around the NFL. Ooh, only an hour in. Only an hour in. 
The rest is gonna fly by. It, you know what? Passing around is gonna be pretty quick. Yeah, like nothing, pretty... nothing happened over the last two weeks, right? No, no. But you know what? <laughs> we got most of the same stuff anyway. So yeah, exactly. And that, I think that's the that's the sign of a good podcast is when both hosts plan completely solo and don't talk to each other until <laughs> two hours before, and then they compare notes and everything's on on par. Yeah, it's good. But I uh, yeah, before jumping into pass around the NFL, we do need to. Uh, uh, prepare ourselves. Hi, Mr. Leahy. We're about to sail into a shit typhoon, Randy, so we better haul in the jib before it gets covered with shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And Leahy ain't lying because this week was fucked. Yeah. The week before was fucked. Yeah, so was much. Crazy. So many things happened. So, um, where do we start? I guess we'll start with Henry Ruggs. Yeah, it's a tough situation. It's uh, really sad. Yeah, very, very sad. I think that's um, the that's the bare bones of it. I now. mean, a, a young girl lost her life, and he ended his. You know, yeah. at the same time, yeah. it's it's obviously you know Henry Ruggs is still alive, and he should be goddamn thankful for it. But it's mm. a really tough situation to be in, man. Obviously, it's a dumb play. Oh, it's, it's a terrible yeah. play. What are you doing? Um, you make that much money, and you can't afford you know calling an Uber. Yeah, you know, make the play, make the make the call to get a taxi. Call like, a fucking there's limo. No, there's no need. Exactly. Like have a driver on, yeah. on retainer. You know, you're you're living in Vegas. You're a young guy straight out of Alabama. You've signed this lucrative contract. You're a first round draft pick. What? Why? Why? That's the biggest thing. And and you know, like obviously it cost um, the young gal in the Toyotas her life, but also he's so goddamn lucky that it he had his girlfriend in the car yeah could have killed two people could have killed her could have killed himself like yeah there's there's no point and like i don't know when, when the f- news first broke i i thought immediately like a couple weeks before we i think we had talked about the photo that him and devonta smith had recreated that they used to be in alabama games they used to meet in the middle of the field jump up and do a high five and when the raiders played the eagles they recreated it and they mm-hmm. It just looked, you know, at the time, you're thinking, man, good, kid. good kids, these guys are rookies starting their, their career, they're going to have amazing careers, and like, just like that, it is Done. thrown away, thrown away, and yeah. it doesn't excuse a single thing he did, because he has to be held accountable, but, oh my god, man, it's just... It's, yeah, he'll do his time, and as he fucking should. Up to 20 years was the original charge, uh, that was the max... But then on top of it, he got uh, two two more felonies and a misdemeanor, um, which are related to the injuries that his girlfriend sustained as uh, she was the passenger in his car. I mean, it's just it's just a sad situation all around. Uh, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know what more crazy. what more you can really say. Um, you know, and some saw it as controversial. Uh, but earlier, Derek Carr came out after things kind of went down and voiced his support uh for for henry uh we'll play that clip right now and then we'll we'll chat about it afterwards you have a chance to uh, talk to henry again no um honestly with with what we were told i just didn't know if we were able to um haven't reached out i will always be here for him um that won't change and i'll prove that over the course of time to him um not to anybody else uh but uh he needs people to love him right now. Um, he's probably feeling a certain type of way about himself right now, and he needs to be loved. And uh, 
if no one else will do it, I'll do it. Yeah, Carr's a good guy, though, man. Good Christian boy. He is. You know, that's the Christian way, man. Yeah, and if you if you go back two or three weeks before, he basically said the same thing about Gruden. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's not so much. I don't, I don't consider that so much as uh, support for rugs, and he's definitely not supporting what he did. Um, but I, I just feel it. It's a person recognizing that another person is in pain and needs support and needs that that help. Um, you know, it, I don't I don't see it as picking sides. You know no, what I mean? No, like, no, I don't just, think so either. You know, so, and Derek Carr's a professional. Exactly. You know? Um, you know, and unfortunately for the Raiders, uh, you know, that happened and they released him, but that wasn't the, it for them. And you, you look at this team, we're in week 10 and the things that they've dealt with, uh, it's crazy. It's minor. Yeah. Like you look, you like all of the things you look at the, the latest news, Damon Arnett, God. their 2020 <laughs> first round pick. Got cut for posting a video of himself threatening someone and showing multiple guns. <laughs> and if you look at the grand scheme of things in Raider Nation, that is the mildest yeah. out of the out of the three major things. Like <sighs> that's what Marshawn Lynch said, man. When because he got in trouble in Buffalo, right? He said, well, "What what do you think is going to happen if you take some kid from the hood yeah. who had nothing his whole life?" Yeah, and you know what? That's been the argument with the league from the get go. You know. You don't want to paint them all with paint all the players with the same brush, but many of them come from different situations. Earlier this week, you sent me that video of Jameis talking about his childhood home. Yeah, and you look at like what he grew up with and what was customary for him, and that's the story of so many of these players around the league. And then they sign these contracts out of college where they're making millions. If they're, you're a first round draft pick, you're making millions. Yeah, millions. And there is no guidance there's no coach there's no mentor to say hey this is what you should do with your money this is how you should act now that you have this yeah money so i i'm, I'm honestly shocked that teams don't imply that and maybe they do and maybe guys just don't listen but don't imply that initiative of having like almost a success coach or a you know yeah man, something so. in place where it's just like let me show you how to invest you know let me show you how like many of these guys are supporting family members back home and stuff like that, and sometimes it's beyond their means. Yeah, but they do it anyways. If they have a financial advisor or something like that to help them get through those things or plan out those things, you know. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't happen, and then these guys end up making these massive mistakes that cost them millions. Like Damon Arnett is, like uh, maybe he catches on. Yeah, Henry yeah. Ruggs is done. Henry but like, Ruggs is done. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, you know, I fuck if I was that age and I got all that money, I'd be exactly. doing dumb shit too. Well, yeah, you look back to when you were twenty two, twenty three, all the dumb shit you did, and it's just like, <laughs> man, I did that like, you know, on my own with nobody <laughs> yeah. watching. Like, can you imagine me? Yeah, a star athlete. Yeah, with with unlimited resources. Yeah, you know, so there's some sympathy that goes with it, but also at the same time, they need to recognize what they what they are, and they need to conduct themselves accordingly. Yeah, I agree. So, Professional athletes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Kadarius Tony, you know, I mean, he's been pretty good for the Giants. Had a bit of a stinker last game. Yeah. Um, he he didn't have the best tweet about it. Mm. He says, "We young, everybody makes mistakes. Y'all looking at the situation like this or that? Cause it ain't y'all." 
having so much having so much to say. You know he messed up. Don't drag him for it. That's goofy for me. Just pray for the families involved and just you know Jersey beat writers and New York beat writers like they're not gonna get a, a let a guy get away with no saying that. So they no. were grilling him and Tony just said, "Hey, I said pray for the families involved." He was sticking by it and you know what? Good for him. And even Gettleman uh, said, "Hey." And Joe Judge talked to him, and Judge said, you know, I think his message was correct, but the way he he right. said it wasn't. Right, right. So. so maybe when you're looking at success coaches and financial advisors, you also maybe hire like a social media manager for some of these That's guys, what too. these guys need. You guys. know, like, you know, the power to just put something out into the world. And then go about their day and not really reflect on it. <laughs> Maybe not yeah. the best idea. Um, moving along, we'll talk about quickly Calvin Ridley, um, who has decided to step away from the game for a little bit and release the following statement. In this statement, he said, uh, These past few weeks have been very challenging, and as much as I'd like to be on the field competing with my teammates, I need to step away from football at this time and focus on my mental well-being. This will help me be the best version of myself now and in the future. I want to thank my teammates, the entire Atlanta Falcons organization, and our great fans, my friends, and my family for all their support during this time. Well, good for him. Can't fault him, you know? <coughs> and you're seeing it more and more with athletes all over. Carrie Price did the exact same thing. They're, you know, I think... I think people are people are realizing athletes are realizing you know you can only take so many uh, uh, withdrawals from the mental health bank account you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah for sure before it runs out and uh, you know you think about your own life and it's just like fuck life is hard on your own imagine being in the public spotlight where if you make All a mistake it is it is there and it is put in your face thrown in your face so. Good for Calvin Ridley. Hopefully he gets what he needs and uh, he bounces back and comes back because he's a, he's an asset to the league for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's you a know? good young player for sure. Great young player. Yeah. Okay, well, are we out of the heaviness? No. Oh, uh, well, one more. <laughs> yeah. Dalvin Cook's in a bit of trouble here. Yeah, yeah. And obviously there's, you know, conflicting reports going on, but he's he's kind of in the midst of a domestic abuse allegations um but his lawyer has put out a statement internally saying that he was actually the victim mm-hmm. and that he was confined and extorted hell yeah held hostage so i don't know it's hard muddy. to say it's pretty a very muddy. muddled situation the pictures did not look good on his on his end um you know if he in fact did do that to his girlfriend disgusting yeah uh, no no reason or excuse for it uh, uh yeah so i don't know it's it's very uh very kind of sorted right now and like in, in all of this adam schefter is also getting a little bit of shit uh because of how he released the information basically released it as alvin uh, on dalvin cook side um, yeah and people are saying well this is what happens when you have a reporter that is so tied to agents and players He's not reporting. He's just reproducing what he's told to say, you know, yeah, as a puppet, sure. basically. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how things play out there. Um, you know, Schefter. Yeah, that's a bad look for him. Man. For sure, for sure. But it's it, and it's also a bad look for the league. Like, what are they going to do here? Are they going to suspend Cook? 
indefinitely while while they figure things out. They have to. Have to, you know. So cool. we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, so far, no confirmed news about that. But uh, yeah. Well, on a little lighter news. Sure. Um, Von Miller got traded to the Rams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great for Von Miller. Went to sleep four and four. Woke up seven and one. Yeah, oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And and he was pretty happy. You know, obviously he was sad to leave Denver, and I don't blame him. Man, he won a Super Bowl there. You know what I mean? Like he's he's had really really good career in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funny part about it was the Rams general manager Les Snead. Um, yeah, what a name. His... Sounds like a fucking character from Lemony Snicket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Les Snead. Um, his kids got him a mug with a picture of him on it that says, Fuck them pics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. It's, it's good. It's like his headshot from his team. Black and white photo. Fuck, it looks good. Yeah, yeah it's man, very pretty cool. funny. Um, yeah, Von Miller was easily the biggest trade from the trade deadline. Well, uh, touch on a couple other transactions. Um, Melvin Ingram went to the Chiefs in a swap for a six-round pick. Jalen Smith, who had just signed with Green Bay, was released. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was released and has since signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. Deshaun Watson stayed put. Yeah, stayed put. Still a Houston Texan. Still a Texan. And Michael Thomas is done for the year. Yeah. Convenient how Michael Thomas waited for the trade deadline to come and pass and then announce it literally 12 hours later. Oh yeah, by the way, I'm done for the year. So, I don't know. It's clear he's unhappy in New Orleans. Yeah, but he's almost taken two years off. Yeah, it's getting it's getting uh, a bit ridiculous. So Two years off from breaking the catch record. Yeah, that's true. Which dominant, is crazy. Dominant, dominant player when he's healthy. Um... Now I know we talked about OBJ a bit, but I just want to talk. I want to touch on it a bit more because, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, we we know the story. He got excused from practice. His dad did the video thing, uh, and then it was followed pretty pretty quickly after with, uh, you know, free Odell tweets uh, from from LeBron, Steve Smith saying, "Well, he wants to leave because of Baker." Uh, and then finally, the Browns release him, and they they actually did him a solid because they uh, they reduced his his overall cap. So when he hit the wire, any team could have really claimed him because they reworked his contract. No team claimed him, but be- basically because Odell said, "You know, you best watch out. If you claim me, I'm gonna I might decide if I'm gonna play with you or not. You know, like that kind of thing. Like I don't know. It's just this pattern with this player." Where it's like, okay, you wore out your welcome in New York and then you blame the quarterback for your own deficiencies. Then you get to Cleveland, same thing, same thing over and over again. It's like He's a crybaby. I don't know, man. He's a bit of a you know, receivers have the prima donna label attached to them a lot for guys like because of guys like Beckham, base is what I'm thinking. Like, um, you know, and through all of this, like I said, the Browns reworked his contract, they helped him out. Um, and since then, we've seen campaigning from Devontae Adams for him to join the pack. Uh, Randy Moss came out, wants him to join the Patriots. But let's look at Odell's time in Cleveland. So he played 29 games for the Browns. He had 114 catches, 1,586 receiving yards, 7 receiving touchdowns, and only 2 games out of those 29 where he went for over 100 receiving yards. Wow. 
So you want to tell me, yeah, you can blame the coach, blame the scheme, but I don't know. The hmm. Browns are a team. They're a team first team. They're not. A, they're not about yeah. stats. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know. I came across this this morning. Um, so every morning there's Good Morning Football uh, with uh, Kay Adams. Oh my gosh, Ooh. babe. Um, and Pete Schrager and used to be Nate Brillison. I don't know who's taken his place since. And the fourth guy is is Kyle Brandt, and he he kind of summed it up pretty well with Odell. Free him from what? I understand it was clearly not the greatest fit with the Browns, but my God, we're talking about freeing him from a position in which he had a number one pick quarterback, the reigning coach of the year, a team that invests in its O-line, lets you play with your LSU BFF, has maybe the hungriest fan base in all the sports, is coming off a playoff season, pushing for another one, and paid you $31 million over the last two seasons. If that is some sort of prison from which he should be free, there's guys lining up to get in his cell once it is vacated. That is that Martha Stewart prison. I, I've never heard of a prison like that. If we're freeing wide receivers, okay, but Odell, get in line. Free Allen Robinson, who goes back to college with wonky quarterback play and could not get a long-term deal despite being the Bears' best player. Free, uh, free DJ Moore. Seven quarterbacks in four years puts up 1,000-yard seasons. Eight quarterback is coming probably next week. Free Terry McLaurin. He's had seven quarterbacks, and he's in his third year. Third year. Like, free these guys. In Odell, we're talking about a guy who's definitely famous, probably good, maybe a smart addition, and who's already been freed once. So my question and my beef is, why is there so much emotion behind freeing him again? Especially when you look at this. This is pretty compelling. That's Baker Mayfield with, without. Every single win-loss, every single statistic, every single interception is way better without. So shouldn't there be a hashtag free Baker movement, if anything? I don't understand the free. So root for Odell. Beg for him on your team if you want. But spare me, or miss me, as it said now, on this idea that he was wasting away drinking toilet water in the gulag and needs to be rescued by SEAL Team 6. It all started, the free thing started 20 Fucking years ago. Fucking right. Yeah. You know? Like you had it made in the, the shade. Head. You were working, you were living, like, you were on the same team as your fucking best friend. You know? Like, come on. Come on, Odell. Like, I don't know. It's just, the whole thing, yeah, they never got on the same page. I'm happy he's gone. And I texted, I was talking with Show Life, texting back and forth. Since they cut him, they've now been able to re-sign both their guards, Joel yeah. Batonio and Wyatt Teller, which honestly, in the long run, are better. Donovan Peoples-Jones, who knows what he can be. Yeah, you know, you, you've got Anthony Schwartz that you drafted this year. Let's see what happens. And then just this, this is a little bit of the cherry on the, on the cake for me. Uh, just this stat. Nick Chubb has now had at least one rush touchdown in each of his last nine games played without Odell Beckham Jr. in the lineup. Hmm. So we're not about that, you know, in Cleveland. And then this was the best quote. So this was their first year together uh, when uh, Freddie Kitchens was running the show. And this is just a quick quote. The first voice you're going to hear, sorry, the first voice you're going to hear is Odell's. And that explains it right there. What Odell say? says, I want to score a touchdown. And Chubb looks at him and says, I want to win. Yeah. You know, you talk about a team first guy. There's Nick Chubb. I'll die on that hill any day of the week. Odell is about Odell. Odell's yeah. never been about the team. Odell's about Odell. So I don't know. Sign him if you want, but have fun.
It happened in New York. Gord knows. Yeah. Happened in Cleveland. Marty knows. We're, you know, so who wants it next? Nigel? Take him. Scott? Have fun. Be a Seahawks fan with that. I don't know. I just think Odell's, Odell's overhyped, man. And I, I, I don't, I think his best days are behind him. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, uh, I think you're on the right track. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, another shitty thing that happened this week was refing. <laughs> we know that Matt hates a ref. Oh, oh yeah, Matt, he does hate refs. So let's shit on them because we got an excuse. I mean, it's tough, you know. Cassius Marsh makes a big play yeah. against the Steelers Monday Night Football. Big stop on third down. Sack. Oh yeah. Essentially, and just got off the practice squad. Yeah. Just elevated. Essentially sealing the game. Yes. For the Bears. Yeah. But he walks towards the pittsburgh sideline mm-hmm. doesn't appear to say anything says nothing mean mugs him mean mug that's it and then turns around the ref tony, looks to me yeah. like he hip checks him tony Carinti. yeah gives him a little fucking bump throws the flag mm-hmm. taunting mm-hmm. essentially yeah. cost the bears the game yeah that's exactly it that's exactly it the uh they came out afterwards, and Marsh had his uh, had his little press conference where he talked about it. But Carinti's excuse was, I saw the player, after he made a big play, run toward the bench area and posture in such a way that I felt he was taunting them. <laughs> like, come on, you thought he was taunting them? Shouldn't you know for sure? I don't know. It's just, it's ridiculous. It seems and then And then on top of it, the league had to come out. And release, and they never do it. They released a quick video on Twitter. Uh, it was the head of officiating explaining all the calls that the media and the fans had been bringing up over and over after this past week's games. And one of them was the Cassius Marsh one. There's a Cleveland play, you know. And if you have to explain why it happened, like in that in that Rams game uh, against the Titans in the first quarter, like how was the first play? Where Ramsey pushed uh, AJ Brown back down to the ground after he picked it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he called it something like a personal uh, instead of a personal foul, unsportsmanlike conduct. But then he announced it as personal foul. So then later in the game, Ramsey gets an actual personal foul, and everybody's like, "Okay, he should be booted. He should be booted." But because the ref mispronounced it, it caused a lot of confusion. But it should have been a personal foul from the get-go. Like, yeah. Ramsey's out there acting like a bitch, you know? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Getting heated. But you know what I mean? Like, fuck, I don't know. Ref can figure it out. Well, another ref <laughs> is going to be bouncing around the ring when Deron Williams faces your boy. <laughs> what is dead may never die. What is dead may never die. Oh. Oh, my boy, Frank. Frank Gore is going to be in a celebrity boxing match on the undercard on the Jake Paul-Tommy Fury fight. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and that's crazy, too, because it's... Who is it? M- former NBA player? Yeah, Jerron Williams is a former <laughs> NBA player. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's funny. Oh, yeah, man. That's going to be fun. Okay, well, we'll hit it super quick. Uh, we're going to jump into quibs and quotes for this week. And we'll start with your boy, Kadarius Tony, um, who was asked uh, if he watched football uh, growing up. And he said, 
I just play, watch film. <laughs> he said he didn't start watching actual football games until two years ago. I just play, watch film. Which is pretty fucking good. Um, Bruce Arians, who often goes by the initials BA around uh, Tampa Bay, was asked uh, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in on the pursuit of OBJ. He said, no, we've already got AB. We don't need OBJ too many letters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, Tyron, or uh, sorry, Ty Johnson uh, came out with a quote about Mike White, and he said, "It's Mike fucking White. He's a savage. He's a dog. He's an animal." <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. I mean, not maybe not good for uh, the for old uh, Mormon boy. Yeah, the BYU, the BYU Mormon in the Meadowlands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and then the next one uh, we have is a. Let me see if I can pull it up here. We got AJ Brown uh, talking about playing against uh, Jalen Ramsey, uh, and he did not mince words. Um, I don't mind the chirping. I don't mind the chirping, but uh, little things after the play, like the dirty stuff, and I'm not going for it. You know, uh, I'm a man first, and you know, I'm here to play football. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not here trying to fight nobody, but but, uh, but I'm not taking no shit though. So. <laughs> I mean, as you saw the game, I'm not going to get into all that. You know, uh, we got the dub, and I'm not about to make it about me and him. Yeah, if, uh, he knows me. He has my number if you want to see me. Simple. But a lot of people, AJ, surprised. Man. That ain't no threat on that. I'm just saying, he knows me. So, I mean, if you want to talk to me and get at me, he got my number. Yeah. <laughs> Catch Shit. me outside. How about yeah. that? <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to fight either of those. No, guys. man, they're both built. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the last quote of the week, I, I loved it. It was uh, from our boy at Cordero Patterson, who was talking about his mom and mm. how how he could how he's kind of adapted to his NFL life. Um, it hits you in the field. Saying the thing she did for me and my brother and my sister, you know, she had to work three jobs, you know, just to provide for us. With the 29th pick in the 2013 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings flag Cordero Patterson, wide receiver, Tennessee. When I got an opportunity, you know, to do what I do and play a ball, I'm like. My mom can go out there and work three jobs. I can go out there and play three positions. I don't care where they put me. I'm going to make a play. You can put me at safety. I'm going to get an interception. <laughs> you can put me at DM. I'm going to get a sack. That's just the mindset I have. And nobody can't take that confidence away from me. It's, I'm not cocky. Never been. But my confidence level is it's above the roof. Oh, yeah. Oh. Cordero's fucking legit. Yeah. Man. Easy guy to root for. For oh, sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. For yeah, sure. We'll be talking about him a little later in the pod, too. Awesome. Okay. And, uh... I don't know. You got anything else for pass it? Well, we just thing. got uh, <clears throat> got a little quick dick, dick simple stats. Okay. Um, we've been going every two weeks, so just keeping them up with the yeah. leaders. Hey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, passing still Stafford. Actually, no. Last time it was Brady. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Stafford's number one. Brady's number two. Carr is number three. Mahomes still number four in passing yards. Interesting. Joe just Burrow. Dropped. Just, just drop car to the wire. Nice. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, Burrow comes in at fifth. Rushing, still Derrick Henry. Second now. Taylor? 
Jonathan Taylor. Has to be, yeah. Third? Mixon? No, your boy. Nick Eckler? Chubb. Oh, Nick Chubb. Okay. Fifth. Sorry. Fourth. Uh, fourth. Mark Ingram. No. Yes. That's not correct. Mark Ingram is fourth what? in rushing yards right now. Look at the details. Look at the details. <laughs> Big trust. <laughs> and Joe Main is fifth. Joe Main. Receiving Cooper with over a thousand yards already. Fucking rights. There yes. you go, Coop. Debo number two. Jamar number three. Yeah. Devontae number four. And Tyreek number five. Mm. Oh! Damn, Devontae up there. Good for him. Okay, well, let's give uh, the last thing I've got for passing around the NFL. Let's give a little bit of love to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so. They just finished beating the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and Rams in a row and have won five straight games. Uh, those last four teams were all 2020 playoff teams. Uh, they're currently the fourth team in the last 15 seasons to win four straight games, all versus playoff teams from the season before. The previous three all made the Super Bowl. 2009 Saints, the 2010 Packers, and the 2011 New England Patriots. Crazy, so, big things popping, popping in Tennessee, in Tennessee, in Memphis. Yeah, yeah Vrabel, baby. <laughs> Vrabel's got it, man. Once all all people did was joke about his draft day at home in the COVID years with his kids just posing around the room. Yeah, not so much anymore. He's he's earned it, man. Vrabel's a good fucking coach. week maddie yo owners can rejoice <laughs> do, you know who is, do you know who is back christian mccaffrey yes and he is back the for the Stanford boys stunner he is back that handsome devil mm -hmm. and a lot of guys took him first overall as they should have as they should have yep for sure um you know even though after a few weeks of showcasing our boy chuba you know, hometown, good for him, getting looks, man, which Perfect. is awesome, right? Um, all the boys that uh, that drafted Mr. McCaffrey are jumping for joy this <laughs> week, okay? Um, and they're the bounce back boy, and you know, it's tough, tough for guys out there. Had to deal with that all year. Yeah, it is. But, Second year in a row with him, too. Yes, if you're in a good spot and he stays healthy... You know, you're uh, you're looking good. Yeah, that's exactly it. And you know what? The best thing is, um, I don't know if I've told you, but I've gotten into home decor recently. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I've just I've just been loving Pinterest, and uh, <laughs> my Pinterest board is just full with different things. You know, like like um, 
clothing options like what what i should wear to work and okay inspirational quotes and <laughs> stuff like that and home decor and i kind of found a perfect amalgamation so i want to just share an inspirational quote that i found on my board with you gord uh and it made me think of our boy here uh and maybe you want to quote or you want to frame it you know put it up on the wall but it's basically and you in the special cursive writing of course oh yeah yeah <laughs> the comeback is always stronger than the setback oh. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag live your life hashtag live laugh love <laughs> yeah oh fuck. oh man fuck bounce back <laughs> Sexy, sexy. Yeah. You know what? My baby, United by Unis, I have to say, has been neglected. Uh, I've kind of been pushing her to the side. i got, I got to focus on her more. Uh, this week it's going to be short and sweet, but uh, still pretty, pretty, some, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, so let's talk about last week's uniform highlights, and we're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who added a subtle change to their helmet just last week. So they added... On their helmet, they have a white stripe down the middle and usually two navy blue stripes going down the sides. Uh, they actually changed one of those navy blue stripes to a red stripe last week. It was the first time they did it in a decade. Uh, and it was a subtle change meant to honor the U.S. military and the country's National Medal of Honor recipients. It was also a throwback to the 76th season when the Cowboys sported the look to commemorate the United States Bicentennial. Uh, so, uh, Charlotte Jones came out, who's the Cowboys executive vice president, chairman, and chairman of the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation, so <laughs> double interest. Uh, she said, uh, this will truly be a special day for all of us as we salute the men and women around the world who protect and defend our country. We are honored. Ooh, something just happened here with my <laughs> old script went black. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I think we figured it out. <laughs> we got IT on it. Oh, man. Script Technical back. difficulties. <laughs> okay, so anyways, yeah, she went on to say how great it was for the military and her team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting fact. Um Every time the Cowboys have done this, they've lost the game. So in 1976, they did it in the last regular season game. They lost to Washington. Then they did it again in the playoffs, and they lost to the Rams, 76. And then they got fucking crushed by the Broncos uh, in 21. Um, Other things I liked uh, last week, I like uh, the all-blue Indianapolis Colts uniforms. Yeah, I don't mind them I don't mind them. Um, and then uh, the Bengals debuted their all-black uh, versions of their, their new uniform design. It was okay. Uh, and the Steelers went all-black with their Color Rush beauties. I really like those. Uh, this week, uh, look for the Denver Broncos to wear their orange uh, faux-back throwbacks uh, with the navy blue. Not the same color scheme as before, but uh, the navy blue is there. Looks really good. Love the logo on the helmet. Honestly, I wish the, the Broncos went to that full-time. Uh, and then on Monday night, it's a modern throwback mashup uh, between the uh, Rams and the Niners. 
Uh, well, let's just talk quickly about C.D. Lamb. So uh, C.D. Lamb uh, has had his issues with the uniform police this year in the NFL. He got fined twice for having his jersey untucked. The first time was $5,000. second time was $15,000. Um, and after that, I think he got another one for a third time. And now, what players usually do to get around uh, not having a long jersey, you're not allowed to do it, is they'll wear a super long undershirt. Mm. And they can't get them that way. Uh, that's why you see sometimes on plays, like, guys get their tackle by their undershirt or their undershirt gets pulled and they, you know. Anyways, I think it was Dallas Goddard a couple weeks ago had a big one. Anyways, you're allowed to do it with your undershirt, but if it's your jersey, you get fined. So I'm not sure why CD just doesn't adapt, but anyways, he's just paying money. Uh, he's, <laughs> and wants money, really. Uh, he also got fined uh, for having socks that failed to cover his lower leg in a game. Uh, and that was a $5,000 fine. He also got a, f- a taunting fine uh, for waving at uh, a New England DB. Uh, interestingly enough, Josh Allen did the same thing to the Miami Dolphins, got nothing. Um, and then he also got fined again <laughs> for an illegal crackback block. Uh, so, anyways, up to date, he's paid forty six thousand dollars in fines this season. <laughs> uh, they can eat ap- them. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Who cares? Toss it out. Uh, they can they can appeal the fines, um, claiming they didn't violate a rule, or claiming the amount is a bit excessive. Uh, no word yet if Lamb has decided to exercise those options. Now, you think about it though. Lamb was fined, or Aaron Rodgers was fined $14,000 for breaking COVID protocols all season. And uh, Lamb got fined 20000 for not having his jersey tucked in. Crazy. Explain that. A um, bit of a funny quote came this week from Darius Leonard of the uh, Indianapolis Colts linebacker. He said, damn, just got fined for the first time in four years. They say I showed too much skin. <laughs> I've worn the same uniform the exact same way every game for four years. But now it's a problem? <laughs> I just want to know what skin he was showing. You know, like too much calf? I don't know. Like, uh, they don't have to wear sleeves, so what could it be? Like, fuck. This is the so no fun weird, league coming man. in, man. So it's weird. crazy. Um, didn't have much cleat heat this week, so we're going to leave that alone. But um, we are entering a, a bit, I'm honestly a bit sad. Uh, to be honest, because it is the final week of the uh, Browns uh, Facebook Marketplace purchase oh. giveaway bonanza, <laughs> whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, so this week, we are going to take a trip back to, uh, to uh, the 2014 draft. <laughs> okay? Uh, and this is an all-timer for the Browns. And the Browns have had some brutal drafts. But let's go back to 2014 where the Cleveland Browns held the number 8 and number 22 pick in the first round. How did they use this wealth of draft capital? Well, at number 8, they decided to go with a cornerback from Oklahoma State. And at 22, they went with an immature quarterback from Texas (laughs) A&M. Yes, Gordon, you guessed it. The final two jerseys are none other than Johnny Football Manziel. And Justin Gilbert. <laughs> so here we have number uh, twenty, tw- number two, number Money. two, Money Manziel. <laughs> Looks like a nice fit, to be honest. <laughs> it's a bit roomy. 
and then uh, the Gilbert one is also a bit roomy, but boy, oh boy, this guy was an absolute dud. Which one would you want to go with? Give me, give me Johnny Football. Johnny Football, yeah. <laughs> I figured, I figured. Justin, Justin Gilbert's not too bad. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's bittersweet. We've now gone through twelve jerseys with the with the Browns, um, ranging from a few different <laughs> levels of play, I guess. Uh, so when when we finally get our act together <laughs> and have a guest in studio, you get to pick. They get one. Twelve free ones. So you know, tough to see it go, but happy that these Browns jerseys are gonna find a good home. Baby, end of the road. Both I might cement. keep this money, man. So yeah, yeah. You know? I'm why. This is a good It's fit. comfy and it Dude, looks good. Over the hoodie? Money Mantel. Oh, I might have to. Well, you know what? Yeah, you should take I your I might pick. just wear this one out of here. <laughs> Damn it. Well, I got the Josh Gordon, too. Yeah, you did get the Josh Gordon, too. You're being a greedy, greedy Gus. I thought maybe... <laughs> Thought maybe you'd, we'd want to fight for the Colt McCoy a bit more, but I don't know. The Colt McCoy and the uh, Brian Hoyer are very fucking tight. Mm. Very tight ones. They're so tight. Yeah, I, I thought at first the the uh, Joe Mixit or Joe Joe no Mixit Thomas Joe Thomas would be the loosest one, but man, that this that one Manziel is... fits real real loose. Did you try them all on? No, I have not. I, I did it when we were on air. <laughs> Those were the only ones. You didn't throw yours on yet. No, I know. I well, it, <laughs> pot don't plan itself, man. <laughs> trying to do fifteen oh. We're Man, suited. That one looks good. <laughs> yeah, this one feels good. Looks good, feels good, play good. Yeah, didn't play it. Oh, well. <laughs> That's the way she goes. Yeah, sorry. Typically, I play the MIA music. That's all good. That's all good. Well, you know what? Got a little too in-depth. Yeah. Loving the money man's out. Feel like a circus. A uh, seal at a circus. <laughs> Trying to balance three <laughs> balls at once. <laughs> Two on my fins and one on my nose. Oh, no, they stack them. They stack them. <laughs> oh, sorry. You're the trainer, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The Milk Carton Minute. It's uh, it's kind of a funny one this week. Mm, perfect. Um, we like to laugh around here. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's missing this week, Maddie? Well, let me tell you. It's... Every player that has appeared on the Monday Night Football mm. broadcast with Peyton and Eli. Great choice. Every Love guy yes. that has been on has lost the following week. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, Russell Wilson, Tom and Gronk, <laughs> Matt Stafford, and now most recently, Josh Allen. Yes. Have all lost 
the week after. Yeah, that what a curse, eh? <laughs> wow. Is it the Manning curse? For Is it to- pure coincidence? For Tom, it's for sure the Manning curse. <laughs> oh, man. It is the Manning curse. And mm. Eli just gets you. Hey? Yeah, he gets you every time. Too nice of a guy. So the Eli, yeah, the Eli cast. Where have you guys been? Your parents are staying up. They're worried <laughs> sick. Your mother's been worried sick, and I've been watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Love it. Doctor's orders. Doctor's orders. Yeah. He came through this week for the boys. Filling us in on some some things that make you feel good. You know it was a tough week in the NFL. No one's gonna lie about it. Like no one's no one's making no bones about it. So it's nice to focus on the good things. So this week, uh Feldy wrote in, sent in this one, and told the boys about Emmanuel Sanders. Uh so Emmanuel Sanders took a group of kids recently who have lost a parent or siblings to to our yeah sibling or siblings to Dave and Buster's after the 10 year anniversary of his own mother's death um and he went into uh a bit of detail as to why it's why it's so important to him oh <laughs> it's still feeling good <laughs> oh, that's a tough one Lord. yeah that is a tough one that's a gourd hey, hey. sorry now I don't even know where we're coming or going. I, I think I, I just love to do that. Um, given the platform that uh, that I got, and you know my story in terms of like where I, me getting here, I think that it's just a blessing from God. Like to me, I'm very spiritual, and I think that you know I wouldn't be right here talking to you guys or be where I'm at if it wasn't for the blessings that God has gave me and and and, and the talents and the gifts that He's given me. And so for me, like I'm always open to like going back and giving the kids specifically kids but um you know on tuesday uh you know i I know you know people were talking about you know it was a 10 it was uh november 1st was a 10 year uh passing of of my mother and um you know i i took some kids to david buster who also lost a parent but you know everybody was thanking me but really i was thanking the kids because i think that for me like i needed that you know like it's always a hard time for me around like november 1st it's always hard for me so to be able to do that and hang out with the kids and really talk to them and just uh kind of motivate them and and kind of tell them exactly what my mindset was and my mindset was was to always try to make my mother proud even though she's not here um just because your parents not here doesn't mean that you can't still make them proud of who you become and who you're becoming and so um that was always my speech but yeah i, I enjoy that right because it's all about spreading good energy and you know when i'm dead and gone that's 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 all they, that's all that really is gonna matter is how you treated people and what you did with the platform that you had and so i'm big on that fuck you right yeah nailed it feld great dude yeah, Manuel Sanders, easy to root for. OBJ take notes. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's honestly. a professional. Yeah, exactly. Like, act like you've been there before. Like, wh- what was it? Uh, Case Keenum. Did we talk about that quote? No. 
so that week that he played that the the Browns played the Thursday night, Mayfield was out and Keenum played. They ended up winning. Uh, reporter at the end of the game asked Case Keenum, uh, "How did how was it this week uh, to get ready for the game?" He said, and his answer was like such a professional answer. He just said, "I don't have to get ready if I stay ready." True. That's what I'm paid to do. I'm the back yeah. quarterback. I have to stay ready. When my number is called, I go. Yeah. And when I'm not, I sit. You know, I'm still prepared. So, yeah, that kind of stuff is is you know that's a professional. Uh, there was a Marty's feel good this week. It goes out to two players in the NFL, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. So, uh, this is a tradition that started together back in Carolina. They would walk down the tunnel together and right before, uh, either of them would step on the field, they turn, hug each other and then do their handshake. Well, now that Samuel's moved on along, along to the football team, the tradition is sort of still living on. A few weeks ago, Moore walked down the tunnel by himself, paused before stepping on the field and did an air hug to where Samuel used to be. The next week, Samuel reciprocated the gesture. Yeah, And did I saw it back. That. It just goes to show the bonds uh, and relationships that this game can make, and the BFB is here for all of it. Uh, so kudos to the Washington football team, too, because they made a, t- a beautiful TikTok video and posted it on their account about this uh, unique tradition. So hmm. Give it yeah. to them. Exactly. Well, we got a little Dickie's Light this week, too. Mm. Hitting it. And you know what? We hit this one in stride. Normally, Dickie's Light kind of gets shuffled in around past it. Yeah, you throw it in wherever. But uh, you know what? We're going after Marty's. And yeah. and that's uh, that's my boy. And, and Shane's boy. And my uh, boy. And your boy. I am in the triple. Oh. <laughs> Najee Harris. Yeah. and Easy uh, to like that kid, Easy man. to like that guy, man. Hard worker. Uh, bell cow. Three down back. Yeah. Great guy. He helped renovate the homeless shelter he stayed at growing up. Um, who And the Steelers rookie, who was at the homeless shelter the night of the draft, yeah, helped add new appliances, a computer, a grill, a rock wall, playground, landscaping, pavers in the parking lot, and a fresh paint shop. Yeah. So Honestly, that's all you need to know about the guy. If you're spending your draft night... When you could be invited to wherever it was hosted, Cleveland, I think this was this year, you get to be hosted and go to the green room and get all the amenities, and you choose to go to the homeless shelter that you used to live at as a kid. Yeah. that all, That's all you need to know about the guy's character. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, if you weren't sold, you you pick it up right there, so. Um, but there was a little, eh, little controversy on the Monday night uh, yeah. football broadcast. yeah. And Steve Levy, he did end up apologizing, um, but he kind of made some false accusations about uh, Najee sleeping on a floor in college and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and Najee he just tweeted back. He says, bro, I ain't sleep on no damn floor in college. I slept <laughs> on my bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he says, y'all mess up my name and y'all say that stuff. Shake my head. Bet. I don't True. know really what that means. Um, you, get, you like bet me is like best believe, like best believe oh, I'm gonna prove you wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stay, stay, yeah. <laughs> Grandpa Gordon over here <laughs> reading the Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Steve Levy obviously replies. He says, "I got this part wrong, G. My mistake. Your story is inspirational, and a mission to positively impact is admirable." Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be donating to the Bigger Picture Foundation and encourage others to help Najee's greater purpose where they can. 
Yeah. So kind of, you know, made up for it, but obviously exactly. still kind of a bonehead play. <laughs> yeah, big time, for sure. At least he recognizes and acknowledges the mistake, fixes it. Yeah, Najee, beautiful. Okay, well, we're going to jump into everybody's favorite game show. Who he play for? Mm. Who got he be? You want to go first? Sure. Okay, well, uh, this week I've got a theme. It's the backup tight end edition. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go with Tyler Croft. Um... Do you know where he started? Yeah, he played in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Now he plays for the Jets. He does play for the Jets. Yeah. Well done, Gordon. <laughs> Woo! I shouldn't be surprised. I think you're going to go three for three in this round. <laughs> oh, I should. It's very specific. <laughs> All right. My first round and who he played for. Uh, Anthony Miller. Oh, that one's tough. Because he was... Obviously, Chicago Bear. Then he went to Houston. But I think they bought him out or released him. So, Anthony Miller would probably... Oh, man. Where did he <laughs> learn? You motherfucker. Okay. Um, where did he be at? Wow. Um, I'm going to say Jacksonville. Pittsburgh. Pit- really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Man, you stumped me. That's a good one, Gord. Damn, Anthony Miller. I knew he got released by Houston. Did not know he went to Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, Backup tight end number two, Jesse James. Oh, man. Used to play for Pittsburgh. The gunslinger, you know? When he's not billing American choppers, he's (laughs) out there catching the rock and blocking. Jesse James. He plays for... I don't even know, man. Seahawks. Oh, good guess. The Chicago Bears. Really? Yeah. Behind Cole Komet? And Jimmy Graham. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> tough one. Yeah, it is um, a tough one. But you know what? Like, it's a very niche category. The one yeah. that I feel like you're the president of a fan club. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. This one you should probably get. Sure. Willie Sneed. Oh, no. I feel like I gave you Willie Sneed earlier this year. Oh, my God. Okay. It's not Baltimore. It's Las Vegas. Carolina. Carolina. Oh, Willie. Oh, for two. How embarrassing. Oh, tough one. Okay. Last. uh, And this is a number two tight end. Not a number three. Okay. Number two tight end. Uh... Tommy Sweeney. Tom Sweeney. Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo tight end, yeah. <laughs> oh, you Back had that right Thousand pounds. <laughs> That's right. Wow, two for three. Two for three, not bad. Very good. Not bad. Damn. Okay, third one for you, Maddie. Keyshawn Vaughn. Oh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer yeah. running back. Fourth fourth string. It's fourth string. Yeah. Yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn. Yeah, second year player. Oh, thank God I got one. <laughs> I knew you'd get that one. Oh, man. So I gave you the sneeze. Thanks for tossing me a fucking bone. <laughs> <laughs> and the Anthony Miller one, that one perplexed me too. Yeah, that threw me for a loop. You know, oh, who I, how I find it? 
No, but I would love to know how you play. I go to the score app. Yes. And I just click on a team and I click on the roster and I scroll through. Oh, man. Gord, there's. Okay. What? All right. Well, that's fine. It's, it's just it's a, it's a couple a, different clips. Yeah, I guess. Couple, couple clips. <laughs> couple clicks away, you know? A couple touches. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you can, you can type in, like, depth chart and it will show you, like, yeah, this well, is a this position and listed down. I know that. Same that's what thing? this does too. Yeah, yeah listed okay. by position. Yeah. Okay. Good so to you know. just hit dolphins. Yeah. Roster. Yeah. Durham <laughs> Smythe. Yeah. Jacoby. <laughs> Jacob yeah. Dolagala. Tua. Tag <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck. Okay. Uh, Matt saying sass this week. We're gonna rip through this one. Uh, a few different little nuggets here, but. Let's start with Denzel Ward, the warden, who is coming off a 99-yard pick six last week against Joe Burrow. Denzel Ward hasn't allowed more than 90 yards in a game in six years, if you count his Ohio State days and his Cleveland days. Quiet lockdown corner. Hey, here's one. Roger Goodell was paid nearly $128 million in the last two years. What? Yes. (laughs) Raj, <laughs> buy a few recliners, you know, for his man yeah. cave. <laughs> <laughs> Dad chairs. Fuck. The Cooper rush to Amari Cooper touchdown two weeks ago was the first in NFL history where the passer's first name and the receiver's last name are an exact match. The Cowboys also have the only touchdown pass where the passer's last name and receiver's first name were an exact match, and that happened last year. When Andy Dalton passed to Dalton Schultz. I knew that. In week 11. (laughs) Cooper Rush also became the second player out of Central Michigan to throw a pass touchdown in the NFL in the last 30 years. The other one? Antonio Brown. What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cooper Cup on the Coop train. Cooper Cup is the second player in the Super Bowl era with 1,000 plus receiving yards. (laughs) And 10-plus receiving touchdowns in his team's first nine games. The other one is Jerry Rice in 1990. Cooper Cup's dad does not get rights to Cooper Cup in his fantasy league now. After this year, he has Loses to... Loses him? He has to... No, he has to draft him just like everybody else. Oh. But before, everybody would just give him his kid. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Man, good for them. Nice, nice people. I wouldn't yeah. fucking afford them that. Well, it was up until this you year. You fucking too, better right? take them in the third round. Yeah. Because in the fourth, <laughs> I'm snagging your kid. Man. Okay. Uh, Jets quarterback Mike White became the second quarterback since at least 1950 with 400 plus pass yards in his first career start. He had 405 against Cincy. The only other quarterback to do it was Cam Newton, who, who threw for 422. In his first start, 2011, against the Cardinals. Uh, A little gambling nug. Someone bet $1,000 on Mike White to lead the NFL in passing in Week 8. They won $125,000 off that. Wild. Nuts. Uh, Underdog team, speaking of betting, underdog teams dominated last week's football week. And Week 9, it was the first day since November 12, 2006. That five underdogs of at least five points all won outright. And Buffalo closed as a 15.5 point favorite. That's the fourth largest road upset loss since 1966. Crazy. Oh, Urban. 
And and on Thursday night, Josh Johnson came in after Mike White got hurt. Listen to who Josh Johnson's played for. Oh, it's a laundry list. Buccaneers, 49ers, Sacramento Lion Mountain. Mountain Lions, Lion Mountains. (laughs) (laughs) Cleveland Browns, Bengals, 49ers again, Bengals again. Jets, Colts, Bills, Ravens, Giants, Texans, Raiders, Washington, San Diego Fleet, Los Angeles Wildcats, 49ers for a third time, Jets for a second time. Man, wild. Crazy. Josh! (laughs) Okay, our buddies at Live Sports Bureau hooked us up with this one. Uh, they let us know that the Browns are the fourth team in NFL history to record a pass touchdown, rush touchdown, and defensive touchdown of 60-plus yards all in the same game. The other teams to achieve this feat, the 66 Chiefs, the 66 football teams, and the 67 Chargers. Really? Yeah. Go Browns! <laughs> uh, Chandler Jones uh, set the franchise sack record for the Cardinals. Uh, and he paid homage to uh, Freddie Joe Nunn when he did it. He lifted up his jersey and showed a picture of Nunn on his undershirt. Pretty cool way to do it. Uh, Titans running back Adrian Peterson scored his 125th career touchdown on Sunday Night Football. He's got 119 rushing and six reception touchdowns. He joins 11 other players to score 125-plus career touchdowns. All of those other players are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I'd say AP's a Hall of Fame. 100%. Locked in. In their first game without Derrick Henry this season, the Titans defeated Matthew Safford and the Rams despite having only 69 rush yards. That's their fewest rush yards in a win since Week 3, 2012. Coincidentally, in a 44-41 win against Matt Safford and the Lions. Hmm. TJ Watt reached 60 career sacks on Monday Night Football with his 69th career in his 69th career game. In the recorded history of individual sacks, only three players reached 60 sacks in fewer games. Reggie White, Derek Thomas, Hall of Famers, and TJ's older brother, JJ. Hmm. James Conner has scored three scored three touchdowns in a game for the first time in his career last week. Conner now has 11 touchdowns this season, the most in the NFL, and the most by a Cardinals player through nine games since 1973 when Donnie Anderson did it. Crazy. <laughs> Vulture. Conner's corner. Fucking Connor's corner. Welcome back. Yeah. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones joins Andrew Luck, 2012, and Dak Prescott, 2016, as the only rookie since the merger to have 5-plus wins, 10-plus touchdowns, and 2,000-plus yard pass yards in their first nine games. And with his 50-yard uh, reception in the first quarter, touchdown reception, Justin Jefferson surpassed 2,000 career receiving yards in his 24th career game. He's the second fastest player to reach 2,000 career receiving yards in the Super Bowl era behind our, your boy, nobody's boy, OBJ. Really? <laughs> 21 games, yeah. Huh. Jonathan Taylor, first player with 100-plus scrimmage yards and a rushing touchdown in six straight single-season games since. LaDainian Tomlinson did it in 06 when he won the wow. MVP. LT. There are only cur- there are currently eleven AFC teams with a winning record this season. That's tied for the most winning teams in a conference through Week Nine since nineteen seventy, and the merger when that happened. It also happened again in twenty fourteen, uh, in the AFC when they also had eleven. Crazy. 
But Lamar Jackson is the first player in the NFL history with 2,000 pass yards, 600 rush yards through eight games in a year. Jackson is on pace for 4,694 pass yards and 1,275 rush yards. The most rush yards in a season with 4,500 pass yards is 444. Set by Deshaun, and he's about to triple it. Crazy. Tell me again how Cortland Sutton and Troy uh, and fucking Tony Pollard are worth that. Yeah. God damn it. Okay. And Marty's milestone. Marty's milestone. Josh Allen. Josh Allen intercepted Josh Allen. He fumble recovered Josh Allen. And Josh Allen sacked Josh Allen. And Josh Allen tackled Josh, Josh Allen. What? <laughs> so Josh Allen plays defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they played Buffalo this week. First time ever a first player to sack a quarterback with the exact same name listed uh, since quarter, since sacks became official in 1982. And first time ever, a person's intercepted another person with the exact same name. <laughs> and afterwards, it was funny. The, the interview wasn't great, but he's like, I want to come on here and show who the real J.A. was. <laughs> <laughs> so many tweets where it was just like, his face put on MJ's body. He's like, and I took that personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the real Josh Allen. Oh, man. And then the one-hitter stat of the week goes to the Major League Baseball. First baseman, first baseman Paul Goldschmidt. Second baseman Tommy Edmond. Third baseman Nolan Arenado. Left fielder Tyler O'Neill. Center fielder Harrison Bagger have all won gold gloves for the Cardinals. They're the first team in MLB history to have five gold glove winners in a season on the same team. Crazy. Yeah. Pretty fucking wild. That is wild. Yeah. I need a fucking breath. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That's the dank stats though. Those are the dank stats this week. You know, I don't know if my phone is just slowly dying on me. (laughs) But this rig is not performing like it once used to. Did you find the same thing when you did the update? Uh, No, mine seems fine. No, yours seems fine? Okay. Well, we're back in business here and we're jumping into... The grinder. And you know what? Grinders recognize grinders. Oh, yeah. effort i put into the script <laughs> blaze grinded yes that's the, that's the, the artist guy. was yeah dawn blaze <laughs> dawn blaze grinding oh my god yeah man. so wow we're in it we at the grinder and uh we already touched we already touched on this guy a little bit earlier in the pod but that's quarter patterson yes he is a grinder and Last week, he's been great for fantasy owners. Guys that were able to get him off the wire, probably for nothing. Yeah, you know? exactly. At the time, like, is is you're always skeptical, right? Because up until this point, he's never had this kind of role. Effect. No, yeah, role. or given the chance, I guess, to, yeah. to take those roles. Um, 126 yards, no tutty, 
Um, he's a true, true grinder. And, and like you said, his mom had three jobs when he was growing up. Why can't he play three positions? Exactly. Yeah. So. It's the best mentality to have. Yeah. I, you got to give it to him. Yeah. Got to give it to him. Especially in Atlanta. I mean, like, Atlanta is not looking that bad. They're sitting at five and four. Yeah. Something around there. Uh, yeah. Are they five and four? Yeah. They wow. have a winning record. Good for them. And I mean, for a team that banked on Mike Davis coming in to be the bell cow, now you got Cordell doing it, you know? And you've got Ridley out. Yeah, Ridley's It's basically out. CPAT and Kyle Pitts. Oh, four and four. Sorry. Four and They're four. They're 500. Damn. But Not still bad. for that team, man. Not bad. Good for them. Good for them. Okay. Well, let's jump into the Fearless Forecast and the Terrible Tank Cast. Um... This is embarrassing um, because, you know, we put out the challenge like, come on, guys, like put it, put, put like, see if you can do it. And B- BDD, Big Dick Daddy answered as he always does. He does. Uh, and he's been crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> and he has putting been us to well. shame. So, uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago, he is, his fearless prediction was um, Cole Beasley for 89 yards and one touchdown. And what Cole Beasley actually got was 10 catches. 110 yards, no touchdowns. So he didn't specify how many catches the guy would have, but he underestimated how many yards he would have. He went over. He said one touchdown didn't happen. Do we give that to him? I think we'll give it to Nick, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I, th- I I'm fine giving it to him. 110 yards ain't nothing to scoff at, you know? No, it's 10 a good catches. Game. So we'll give that one to him. And then his tank, he fucking nailed. He said Mike Will, Mike Will, uh, Mike Williams in uh, LA, he said 44 yards, no touchdowns. And what he actually got was two catches, 19 yards, no touchdowns. Nailed it. So he he sits at four wins, two losses. So four correct, two incorrect. Four for six. Yeah, four and two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's fucking crushing it. So this week he's saying in the fearless, uh, he's picking Stefan Diggs. Nine catches, 134 yards, and two touchdowns. Ooh. Going big. Go big or go home, oh, baby. And then in the tank cast, he took a trip to Linwood, knocked on the door, and saw Chris Kirk. Chris Kirk Cousins. And he picked 167 yards, only one touchdown. Huh. That's All it. All right. Yeah. All righty. Well, I uh, didn't do great last week. The last pod, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I had DJ, Dimebag, Jones. Yeah. Uh, versus KC. I said he would have 360 yards, three touchdowns, and a rush touchdown. Um, he did not. He had <laughs> 222 yards, um, two passing tutties. One interception, three sacks, and 12 rush yards. That's a loss. <laughs> no. Oh, what? You gonna quiet? No? No, go ahead. Quiet. Let me see you. Let me see you quiet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then I had CJ Uzoma. <laughs> Johnny Uzoma. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Uzoma. Um, and I said he would have 91 yards and one touchdown. He had four receptions and 33 yards. So mm. I am two 
and eight. Two and eight? So two correct and six wrong. Correct? That's how yeah. I... Yeah, that's how I go about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're three and... I thought you were three... You got two wrong this week? I got two wrong this week. Yeah, yeah. you should be three and seven total. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three yeah, and seven. Three and seven. So three correct, seven seven misses. Um, now, I wish I could say that I did better, but I didn't. Um, oh, man. Tough week for me. Uh, I Last week, I picked C.D. Lamb against the Minnesota Vikings in week eight. Uh, uh, bold, foolish, I don't know. Uh, I said Sidarian C.D. Lamb would be held to only five catches, less than five, <laughs> 50 yards, and no scores. Uh, now, although he did not reach pay dirt, he smashed my yards prediction by 62 yards as he racked up 112 on six catches. Uh, looks like someone just picked up a couple bags of ice at the Circle K <laughs> and dumped them in my tub. Uh, this water is colder than a witch's tit. Uh, running back, I went Melvin Gordon against the Washington football team. I said MG3 would be held to nine rush yards or less for under 35 yards, no scores. Well... Call me Jack because hypothermia is setting in and I'm slipping beneath the water line in my frozen bathtub. Gordon had 10 carries for only 47 yards, but he found the end zone twice, once on the ground and once in the air. Even he lost a fumble and that couldn't save me. And yet again, Marty goes 0 for on the tank cast. Overall record, 3 correct, 7 misses. Yeah, well, at least we're tied. Exactly. But now, I'm not going to lie. It's hard to find the courage and the energy to pick this week's tankers. But as luck would have it, I received a sign this morning, Gord, when I woke up. Our boy Soy, as if sensing my worry, pain, and hurt, released a motivational song this morning with a message that is sure to lift any soul that hears it. If you're having a tough day, please listen to these guiding words to get you through. If you can decipher them. <laughs> oh, I fly to the holy sun. Give my heart with Sophia. My life is so beautiful. Last so cloud. I'm flying, traveling across to holy sun. <laughs> okay, so uh, just in case you weren't able to pick up those lyrics, I wrote them out. And Soy released a video this morning. He said, yo, ignore sorrow. I fly to the horizon. Give my heart without fear. My life is as beautiful as a cloud. I'm flying, traveling across the horizon. <laughs> and that was the song. So that just reminds me, keep your chin up, Marty. We're going to get there. So this week, I feel confident. At quarterback, I've got Jimmy Garoppolo against the Los Angeles Rams. Jimmy Garoppolo has accounted for two touchdowns while throwing for over 300 yards in the last two 49er games. But I think he could struggle, struggle to repeat the success in Week 10 against the Rams D. The Rams D have allowed seven touchdown passes and the ninth fewest fantasy yards and points to opposing quarterbacks over the last five games, and they're welcoming Vaughn Miller to the fold this week. Even though he'll be playing at home under the lights on Monday night, I think handsome Jimothy G will struggle. I'm thinking uh, under 185 yards uh, passing, one score and one pick. Now, uh, at tight end, uh, this is... 
This is a bit of a pick. Uh, I went Travis Kelsey against the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Bold, sure. Foolish, probably. <clears throat> Based completely off of the fact that my opponent this week in, t- in the Triple F, Gordon, has Kelsey on his roster? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, rivalry week is week 10 throughout Fantasy Leagues, and this week I've got a big one again on the docket against Huncho. The Tokes are looking to make a statement here. And if that's to happen, Kelsey must fizzle. Which could happen. I mean, as this season has been a struggle at times for him, uh, the reality dating star. He hasn't gone over 100 yards in six straight weeks, and he's found the end zone only twice in that span. I mean, sure, the Raiders' defense ranks in the bottom 10 in league receptions, yards, and touchdowns allowed to tight ends, uh, and has faced an insane amount of adversity through (laughs) 10 weeks of the year, but stranger things have happened. Uh, So I'm thinking that Kelsey has five catches uh, for under 52 yards and no scores. All right. Yeah. And uh, that's that's how I'm feeling it. I think Sawyer's going to guide me. Matt. <laughs> oh man. So evidently you you pick my my tank cast. I fuck a you, you fuck a me. <laughs> See, because my fearless is always the kiss of death, Matthew. I know, and I don't know what's gonna happen to me. Kelsey right. could go off for two hundred yards. So my fearless for the wide receiver position this week Ooh. is Jalen Waddle versus oh, Baltimore. Bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. That guy's going to eat. Kiss of death. All right. No Devontae. Baltimore ranks 23rd against the pass. 92 yards, one touchdown. Mm, All right. I like it. It's All gonna, right. It's going to happen, man. I'm, I'm Will hoping. Fuller still on IR? Baltimore? Baltimore secondary is overrated. I'll, tell, overrated, I'll say it right now. sure. Um, running back. This one's a bit of a stretch this week because he's might be playing a little bit hurt. But I'm going with James Robinson versus Indianapolis. Okay? He's going to have a modest week. 102 yards on the ground and one touchdown. And, uh... Indianapolis, you know what I mean? I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Jacksonville is going to be riding high off that win off Buffalo. Oh, yeah. And uh, grinding high. Grinding. Grinding. <laughs> Man, All decent right, picks. Fearless. Okay. Buds Let's rip. Yeah, rip through it quick. Uh, Buds last week at quarterback. Hard to ignore. Lamar Jackson against the Minnesota Vikings. 38 fantasy points. Another comeback. Another hu- huge week for Lamar who's been solid in helping fantasy managers all season long. He's thrown for at least 235 pass yards in all but one game this year for the Ratbirds and was traded in the 40 for Cortland Sutton and Tony Pollard. Never forget. (laughs) At wide receiver, Elijah Moore against the Indianapolis Colts, 24 points. It was between a couple of rookies this week, but I decided to give the edge to Moore. It's been a slow grind for managers with Moore, but last week was finally the payoff. Targeted eight times, he caught seven of them for 84 yards and two touchdowns. Keep in mind this came with both Mike White and Josh Johnson playing quarterback. As long as Wilson stays on the bench, Moore should continue to have appeal and put up numbers for managers. At running back, Jonathan Taylor against the New York Jets, 37 points. 
Honorable mention goes to uh, James Conner here, who scored yeah. three touchdowns, also put up 37 points. But this one had to go to Taylor. On the ground alone, he had 172 yards, which is bananas. He had 28 reception yards for a crisp and clean 200 total yards and two scores. He's been a beast all season, and he's looking like a steal at this position, considering the injuries and legal issues of the other running backs that were drafted before him. And at tight end, George Kittle against the Arizona Cardinals, 21 points. He was the only tight end last week, the only tight end last week, to go for over 100 yards. He scored 101. <laughs> Finally healthy and back to looking like George of old, Kittle had six catches and one touchdown to go with those 101 yards. Whew. Tough one. Yeah. Well, you went, uh, you went week nine. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the dud of the week, quarterback, Joe Burrow. Tough one for the kid. 259 yeah. yards. Um, oh, no. 282 yards. Yeah. Two interceptions, five sacks, two rush attempts, one rush yard. No good. 99 yard pick six, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Tough one. Tough one for the kid. Yeah. Um, wide receiver. This week, there's a few. <laughs> Woo! Gesundheit. Mike Will. AJ Brown. <laughs> Woo! Damn it. Pepper in here. <laughs> but, um, you know who I'm going to go with? I don't know because you're picking on the fly. I know because I picked Buds. <laughs> I wrote down the Buds. Dude, you asked. Yeah. You texted me today and said Duds and this, this. And no, I said I'm yes. I'm sure I said Buds. I'll pull it up right now. Pull as you go. <laughs> anyway, go I'm going to go with Chase Claypool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, tough one. <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. Okay. Running Who, back? Yeah, let's look. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. You got Devin Singletary, nine points. Montgomery, nine points. A lot of middling guys this week. Aaron Jones, five points. Got to give it to him. Dud of the week. A guy you need to start every week. Exactly. Yeah. And at tight end, few choices here you could go with. Yeah, you got quite yeah, a few. A lot There's of them scored of like in the 8-9 region. but yeah. You know who I'm going with this week? Zach Ertz. Yeah. Good one. You know, against San Fran, 4.2 points for the kid. Not enough from a guy, you know? No, not enough. Not enough. enough. Uh, today, I received a text at 5.58 from Gord Dick. I got duds <laughs> and wide receiver running back fearless. My response, yep. And then he said, what would I do without you, buddy? <laughs> and I said, this thing would be even more of a shit show. <laughs> Well, yeah, the way she goes. Busy day work. Yeah, no doubt. For sure. Okay, well, let's jump into the league super quickly. This is a long one, uh, but let's jump into the 40. Uh, last week in week nine, uh, some tense matchups, uh, some close ones in the end. Uh, my Beverly Blazers uh, came out on top against Stu's Sweatpant Boners, 113 to 84. Blazers sit in second place. The Boners sit in fifth. 
In a big matchup in the basement, uh, the 40th Street Felons squeaked out the win over the Kitten Boys, 124 to 119. Scott's team sits at nine at ninth place, and Kitten Boys sit in eleventh. The Croissant Connoisseurs. Ooh. Oh, what a low-scoring shithole matchup. <sighs> Uh, one with only 86 points, they sit in third place. 86 points over the Butchers on the Bay, who only put up 63. They sit in tenth. Doctor's orders. Uh, uh, as a country club member, I was hoping the Degenerates would pull I this know. one out. I'm sure you were too, Gord. Yeah, uh, Degenerates lost 119 to 111. Doctor's orders sits in seventh, and the Degens sit in eighth. The first place Linwood Butt Pirates put up 117 last week against the Valley View Vices, the 12th place team, who only put up 77. Uh, Linwood Butt Pirates benefited from having James Connor. Johnny ran into an absolute fucking buzzsaw. And speaking of buzzsaws, the Coronas took down oh. the Hard Hats 153 to 132. Tough break for Gord as he put up the second most points in the league <laughs> and would have beat anybody else in the 40 last week except for Handy. Oh, way she fucking goes. Oh, that's the second time <laughs> this year that's yeah. happened. Kellen, you taking notes? You got your pen pad out? This is Gord rationalizing. Okay, longest winning streak in the 40. Don't look now, but those defending champions are picking up steam and buzzing through their competition. Yes, it's true the Coronas of Shathcona have won five in a row. Three weeks ago, they were gifted a W from the pastry pusher, John, when he essentially sat his entire lineup, but it looks like it gave the Coronas an added jolt. They then went on to destroy the BFB boys in back-to-back weeks, each time scoring (laughs) over 150 points. He will look to make it six in a row this week against the felons of 40th Street. And you know what? It happens sometimes. What are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, he's on a tear, man. On a tear. So on a tear. Love Good it. For him. Okay, longest losing streak. Speaking of six, that's how many the self-professed little kitten bitch boys have lost oh. in a row. Rare air for Kellen. <laughs> who so often is managing a winning club and seem to always be sniffing around the A-pool playoffs. Still lots of season left, but this might be too big of a hole for this pretty kitty to get out of. <laughs> he needs some milk! <laughs> In a saucepan. Oh, <laughs> and, uh... I don't think we need to really cover this anymore for the rest of the year, but let's talk about it. We're going into week 10. Next episode of the BFB is episode 50, a major milestone for us. Johnny must be aware because that's how many transactions he's made this year in the 40. (laughs) 50. The hard hats have really cooled down on the wire and have watched his country club divisional foes, Feldy and Marty B, step it up. Feldy's currently sitting in second place with a distant 30. And I've made 29. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And how many have I made? Uh, I think you're around 24. Oh, that's yeah. not even bad. Yeah, no, you only I've made changed three, my ways. three in the last two weeks. <laughs> I looked. You only made three. It's wild. Not bad. Not bad. 
Winning. Look at us. We're so different. Yeah, Adapting and changing. Yeah. <laughs> Quarterback in the fucking second round. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Triple F. Um, it's a tough one out there for a few boys, but some guys did get a win. Robbie yeah. with the new Denver Broncos squeaked one out. Huge. Against Soldier Fields. First of the year. Uh, 115 to 67. Um, Henry Ruggs Uber service, which is a little bit offensive. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Fuck uh, that. That's a fucking bullshit name. Change yeah. it. That's horseshit. Weird. Anyway, beat the auto draft specials 134 to 88. Idlewild Waps on a mm. bit of a streak. Our mm. boy. Yeah, Beat Ma- Johnny Schmiller's team 101 to 65. Macaroni in the pot. That's a wet. <laughs> Bottom feeders beat better than the Jets 153 to 96. Um, Jets are in seventh. Bottom feeders are in tenth. Sorry. Waps are in ninth. Yeah. Schmiller's team's in twelfth. Uh, Kess's team is in fourth. Auto draft specials in eighth. <laughs> yeah. Next matchup, you got the Trouser Snakes. Uh, took down the Old Town Tokes. Tough one. Oh, I got worked. Worked? Yeah. 150 to 100. Tokes still sit in second. Yeah. Snakes are in fifth. One of those rare weeks where I played Stu in the 40 and the triple at the same time. Oh, weird. Beat him in the 40, he beat me in the triple. Huh. Happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Riff Raff took on Who Do You Think You Are? I Am and squeaked one out. 101 to 89. I'm sitting in first, and John McD is in third. Yeah, that's right. Well, props where they're due. Uh, longest winning streak in the triple belonged to Huncho. He is on a heater. The riffraff <laughs> of one eight straight. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Which is wild. Now, unfortunately for Gordon, he plays me in rivalry week. And I'm willing to wager that I snap that streak. Okay. So, would you put a bottle on it? Sure. Let's, let's do it. Let's put a bottle on that matchup. I think you're done. Okay. Now, good news is uh, we need to give a little acknowledgement to our boy, old Robbie in New Denver. Finally got his first uh, of the season off the schneid. Ended his eight-game skid. Uh, and how's that first uh, one in the win column? Luckily, though, old Johnny Schmiller's team was there to fill his spot. As he's dropped five in a row after deciding to blow it up in week two. Johnny's one-win squad take on his former apprentice, Bacon, this week, who is starting to turn the bottom feeder ship around in the right direction. And in moves, uh, no surprise, Johnny leads the triple F with 33. Next closest guy has 17. Uh, Not even sure why we cover this part anymore. Uh, The lead... He has is so overwhelmingly large. No one's ever going to catch him. Johnny will finish the season in both leagues with most moves. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just call it right now. Hey, it's not me anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Growing up. Learning in your Manziel jersey. Okay. Well, that was it. That was a bit long. Yeah, that's a tough one. But you know what? I think it was a quality show. I feel good about the product we just, yeah, exactly. We just put out. Hopefully so. everybody gets through it. Yeah, exactly. And if not, spread it out over a few days or don't. <laughs> we'll see. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, boys, next week's at 50. At 50. Uh, hopefully we have our shit together. Maybe yeah, a couple special things we, we can do for that app. Yeah, it'll be good. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. See yeah. you boys then. For sure. Oh, fuck you. Can't even sing. Yeah, just sing or something. Get some pussy. Oh, baby.
Yeah, just saying this, I'm gonna get some butt shaking. 